What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by our Taviran, Lady Stephanie. I could almost feel the pattern swirl just listening to you tell your tale. And I have no talent there. You are Taviran, all right. You and maybe your friends, too. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded, and we have answered the call. Today we are covering the Eye of the World chapters 35 through 44. Woo, and what a segment of chapters <laughs> this is, man. You know, uh, it seems like as we've been going, it's like, oh, okay, you know, uh, this the... the I think it was last week. We're like, okay, not really a lot happens. Uh, it's a little more, a <laughs> little more subdued. And this time it's like, yeah, yeah every, everything happens. It's like, I was even in going back and getting ready for the, for today's episode. Um, I'm like, oh my God, this starts out and we get to Camelot, which in itself is a huge deal. But yep. where, by the time we get to the end of this, yeah. of this segment of chapters, it's like, that seems so far removed yeah uh, it's like man yeah just 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 the way that the uh the uh, just the way that the pattern is is has been woven for today's episode right the way yeah. the wheel turns that's right that's right yeah well and i was thinking i mean as we as we keep going um some it's gonna get thicker and thicker and so there may be a time where we have to go an extra month or uh do an additional two parts or something for a book mm-hmm. um but i'm kind of you know pushing us along here at you know at about three months uh, pace to get through one book so yeah. could, could be could be four um which i think might be you know okay as well but it's different i mean we're just we're trying this um you know just it's a, it's a different way we're, we're we're marching through uh sir matt uh experiencing it for the first time i have 
uh, read it several times, and we're, we're doing this in preparation for, you know, the TV show that's coming out. It's a series we've always wanted to cover. We've always talked, we've talked about for years. Um, you know, I'm, I actually remember being out in Portland and, and us talking a little bit before I came out there about this series, and then you were in your D&D club, and, you know, those mm. guys kind of knew about it, and and so it's just cool. It's just it's great to be doing this. And you're right, though. This is um, this is a big cha- this is a big set of chapters. And I know I remember when I uh, divided this, I kind of thought, well, this is just all Camelin. So here we go. We got Camelin. We have, we have we have people who are going to we have a rescue that takes place, and then those folks get to Camelin. But it's 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 awesome. It's going to be epic, and we're gonna we're gonna get right to it. But first, before that, a hero's welcome. How you doing, my friend? Oh, man, I am good. Uh, you know, just uh, staying indoors, hunkering down, not going anywhere. You know, they got that coronavirus up there in the state of Washington. Yeah. The coronavirus on the opposite side of Portland. So it's trust me, it's it is the talk of everything in the yeah. world, it seems right now. So, yeah, stay safe. I mean, really, um, wash your hands, use the sanitizer, all that good stuff. It's, it's avoid it cor- avoid Corona. I mean, that seems like the yeah. easiest place to get it. I don't, right. I don't drink it, so I don't have to worry about it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, it's just, it's, it sucks. I don't really know. I mean, it's I keep hearing about it, and, and hopefully everybody out there is staying safe and doing well. But, um, yeah, it's great because it's right near you. And I know that's we were just talking about it before we started. No, I'm not. I, kinda, I'm not. All the, studies, all the studies show that the flu is ten times worse, so... Yeah. Well, you'll be you'll, you'll you'll be fine. I mean, yeah. You know. I'm, oh, I know. I'm just I'm just I'm just messing around with it. I I've seen, I saw some pretty funny videos on TikTok of people in the in the subway in New York. I think I sent you I sent you that one. Oh me? my lord! <laughs> yeah. Got, like, Causing got a panic. They, they, these guys are wearing these guys are wearing like <laughs> hazmat suits and they've got like a it's like a I don't know some kind of container or something uh, and it's just full of like soapy water and they like spill it out and everyone like freaking out right <laughs> jumps up like, on the bench oh like, god. oh my god it's not like yes it's no, it's uh, I guarantee those guys <laughs> got an earful <laughs> like it's jeez oh man just so ridiculous yeah well that's cool that's cool yeah uh you know over here things haven't been that I haven't heard much about it um it's been pretty pretty calm here in ohio for the most far as i know i mean maybe i'm also just super sheltered and i don't really right. know but but uh yeah it's, it's been cold though and it's finally i think we're finally getting to a point where this week it's going to be nice and getting getting a little bit warmer and stuff um you know i actually have a big pickle i was going to talk about this uh we have a game of thrones con that's coming up in april mm-hmm. and the week before that is jordan con and i'm just wow. sort of like do i go to both that's you know? a lot it is a lot, but you know, part of me thinks it's time. Like, there's some good, there's some pretty cool guests that are going to be there. So, anyone who's interested in going to JordanCon, uh, definitely should look into it because I think it's, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun this year. I think there's, it's exciting because the show is going on. This is like that first year where uh, they might reveal some mm-hmm. s- something cool something might happen like well some photos there's been or something there's been uh some photos of the set uh you know just mm-hmm. like kind of an aerial aerial shot and stuff like that yeah where is yeah. jordan con uh it's it's in atlanta oh that's not too uh, bad that's not too bad of a flight yeah. from ohio yeah no no it, i think it'd be fine I, I have a place to stay with my cousin so um but it's just sort of like uh back-to-back weekends but you know yeah. what i need to suck it up hey you, know? you should i mean i'm unfortunately <laughs> am doing i unfortunately am doing something the weekend before that weekend uh but i'm gonna go i yeah. i just bought i just bought xfl tickets nice, nice. <laughs> for like they're like ten dollars <laughs> oh that's so, great yeah well 
Um, well, hey, hey, since we are mentioning the cons, though, I thought we would let folks uh, here are, sort of yeah. know that, um, yeah, we're heading to would be Mount Sterling. It's uh, Ice and Fire Con. We've kind of confirmed on our uh, on, on our other podcast, Bend the Knee, that we will be heading there. So if you guys, it's it's a small, intimate, nerdy kind of con. Uh, if you guys are interested in going, if you like Game of Thrones, uh, you should go check it out. If you want to talk Wheel of Time when we're there, too, that's fine. Oh, absolutely. We, we, we do all the above. So that, Yeah, absolutely. Um, so be cool to see people out. All right, man. Well, um, as today, uh, I think we kind of just got to jump right into it because there's just a lot to cover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, there, there, there really is. And we're, we're going to kind of speed through some stuff here. We've got comments yeah. from last week. We got a poll. And then we, right. then after that, we, we got to get right into um, these chapters. And, and you want to talk about how it's going to be a little bit different while I pull up these comments? Uh, yeah, so normally we've kind of broken into three segments. We talked a little about the you know world building, what are the places we're going to, um, you know. But today we're just actually going to go through, uh, kind of briefly, kind of maybe hit a point or two, almost like a bullet point from each of the chapters. Um, so it's going to definitely be a little bit different. And then we've got um, definitely some some comments over there from our from our our Patreon page. Um, you know, the, the interesting thing is in getting ready for today's today's uh episode i always we i always start with sort of a you know like on reddit how like you have too long didn't read yeah and it's always like i give as what i what i kind of think about it and so today that way i should actually include that um and so basically i was like well he's like you know so like you know where 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 have we been i'm like well uh, i said we arrive in camelin Perrin and Egwene are rescued matt and Rand meet loyal who's a freaking ogier uh elias was a warder lan and moraine see what's going on with Perrin's eyes the band gets back together in camelin Rand sees logan we meet more gays moraine helps matt who should have never touched that dagger uh she said she can't even remove it from him until they get to tarval and like kind of the effects of it and then we go into the darkness so there's sort of the too long didn't read version of uh what we're gonna be covering today but uh i just thought that was pretty funny i thought we did oh yeah we didn't we'd include that yeah, it's great because every time we do get on here, I mean, uh, uh, Matt will kind of say, so this happened and then this happened. It's real informal, just sort of like, yeah. and the next this happened. I'm like, dude, we need to just actually write that down because it's. I wish people could hear you, you know, articulate in 30 seconds what happened across eight chapters. And it's just, it's a lot to do, but. Oh, it is. Uh, yeah. yeah it, it's funny. It's kind of funny. So. Absolutely. Um, and actually a tie into to, to this as, as we get going, I'm going to have, in just a minute, I'm going to have uh, Sir Matt read sort of our, our each chapter, just a quick little um mm-hmm one to two sentence summary. But before we do that, uh, we had a poll last uh, last time, you know, can you trust a skinny innkeeper? Uh, why so skinny? And overwhelmingly, uh, the, the results are as, as I thought they would be. Um, we had a bunch of no's, you know, it was it was literally all no. Um, and there was no one who who said yes. Uh, and I thought it was great. You know, Amanda wanted to make sure that we kept this, uh, uh, you know, that no one should be trusting a skinny innkeeper. It doesn't make sense. And actually in this chapter, uh, I think our first chapter, uh, Rand kind of points out that he does trust our innkeeper because he's not so skinny. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very, very trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, thought something a, funny. He's a, he's a plump yeah. innkeeper and he feels reassured. Yeah. 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 Thank God. Um, yeah. So uh, Lady Heather, though, mentioned that uh, she thought that maybe somewhere this is kind of funny somewhere along the line that Robert Jordan must have had a bad experience with with a skinny host or like a skinny you know, it's in, in, innkeeper. And maybe, maybe, maybe wrote that in there. I don't know. Or it's a commentary on, on food or something, but 
Yeah, so that was that was just kind of fun. And yeah, it's important to keep keep track of some of these little uh, just little things like that that he weaves into these stories. And so when when we go into an inn, um, what I actually think that's sort of you know sort of the cool part to this is that there are he always mentions, um, gosh, in book two he's going to mention like all the different inns inside of a certain city and which one do we stop at? What you know do we stop here? Do we keep moving? Um, and it just does all that world building for us. We, we know there's five five to six ends here in this town, and then there, there's this person. So it's it just really cool uh, to kind of see that he he had sort of a fascination, you know, with with that aspect of a town or a city, and uh, and then had some commentary on whether being skinny or 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 plump made you a good innkeeper. So. Uh, all right, let me see here. So before we hop into those summaries, uh, just some recap from last week um, from some of our patrons. So Asham and Craig Wallace, we were kind of talking about, uh, gosh, this was in the, the extended edition. We were talking about Arthur Hawkwing, and we actually brought on Sir Nick, um, Sir Matt's brother, uh, who has read the series multiple times and has, I, like me, has read the first book numerous times. Nick's read the first book way more than I have, actually, mm-hmm. uh, and because and, it's such a good book. Uh, the, the first three I think are fantastic. And those are the ones I love to go back and reread. Um, so we brought him on and everyone kind of really enjoyed that. Um, again, you know, Craig just sort of said that he loved the extended edition. Great to hear Nick, uh, and his thoughts. Uh, he thought that his name uh, suggestion was brilliant. <laughs> so if you had a little, um, let's just say this about Sir Nick. Uh, you, you gotta watch out for that guy. We, we plan on doing some spoiler stuff with him, but he, I'm nervous about it, Sir Matt, because... <laughs> I'm not so sure you can be there. You know, I'm sort of like I, that's okay. Like, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally fine with uh, the spoiler. You know, edition right. going going forward. Yeah, because yeah. I think it, th- I think there's yeah. a lot of people on Patreon who want to talk spoilers. Because that's again, that's the whole the whole deal with this podcast is that it is my first read, and I think it's a lot of people's mm-hmm. first read. So we only um, we've only we're only going to talk to up on the main show what I've read to, which is yeah. where 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 we're at. And so I know I think we've gotten a couple people who've who've commented on the Patreon and, and sent us some messages being like, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's like, well, I think Sir Ezra does know what he's yeah. talking about. He's just not specifically saying something because he doesn't want to spoil anything. Just spoil it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I oftentimes I'll pose a question and I think people think I really I really well, you don't I, I do kind of. Right. I, I, I do. And, I don't, and I, again, I was telling you earlier, the nice part about having Sir Nick and uh, Lady Heather and some of these other people is that they have read the series as much. And and there are so many characters. There's so many. I mean, you're, you're I mean, your brother, Jeremy, has, has read the series. Mm-hmm. Like he knows like there's it's so vast and it's actually hard not to bounce ahead and, and, and say we actually in that extended edition, we mentioned um, a certain word and I'm not going to say it again. We mentioned one word. And it caused, I think, Lady Amanda to go look it up and say, what is that? And she's like, oh, boy. You know, I shouldn't have looked that up. And, and we just, like, offhandedly were talking about the histories. And we were talking about someone, you know, who had gone through a certain experience and right. uh, accidentally maybe, you know, brought up a term, a, a terminology uh, that had to do with the one power that had not been introduced yet. And so it's like, well, we got to really be careful uh, about that. So just keep that in mind, I guess, as we go through. It's sort of the the, the fun of it. And Lady Heather often says, you know, on Patreon, I'll say this to make it very clear. You guys can post spoiler stuff on there, you know, comment why, like even in the, in the discussion thread. I know 
that some of the people who comment on the discussion thread, this is their first read through, um, maybe even like Lady Amanda, and, and they might come across uh, some of those spoiler elements in the comments. Uh, but it is a place where we, we are allowing people to, to, you know, just make any comment they want on the uh, chapter or on the thread. And then here on the show, I have to kind of pick and weed through those and see which ones we're going to read, which ones are non-spoiler. So if you market spoiler, that would be very helpful if you just kind of said this, is this, this comment, you know, cause we got people writing several paragraphs worth of stuff on there. It's fantastic. And I've read some of it, you know, to you, uh, the non-spoiler stuff and the stuff that makes the show is, is stuff that I think is, um, you know, relevant to last week's episode or, you know, two weeks ago, uh, that, that episode, that batch of chapters, and then even connects to sort of where we are now, what we're going forward with in this chapter. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, I've had to read a lot more of those just to kind of, because I want to go back and forth, you know, Lady Heather and, and, and Craig and some of these other guys, you know, I, I want to go back and forth with them on what they, what they think. And that's why after the first or second book, or maybe midway through the second book, I think uh, Sir Nick and I, uh, and, and just, I have a few other people who have suggested, who have talked about wanting to, to get on the podcast or get on that Patreon feed and do a, a spoiler uh, series, which would be kind of neat. And then we can kind of move those comments there. But just keep that in mind, I guess, as we go through this. Um, so we got into a conversation last time about collecting the different hardback versions. And uh, Sir, Sir James was on here and he was talking about that he he, he has been also chasing down those hardback versions of, of Wheel of Time. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been fun discovering all of these used bookstores in my area. And that is the the fun, I think, is going to a thrift bookstore and, and finding some of, the, you know, like to find uh, at, at half price books, you can go in there and for seven, ten dollars, you can find a nice hardback uh, yeah. version of, of the old Wheel of Time stuff. That, that, that's forty dollars new. I mean, forty or forty five. So if you can find those, I say get your hands on them because I, I got my collection just because I knew they were going to do reprints and we were going to lose some of that artwork and get get a different version out there. So this has been Kind of fun. Um, you know, Craig sort of said the same thing. He's short on the eye of the world. Um, you know, he's, he's uh, guessing that he handed it to a friend, lost track of it, but he is considering getting the audio book for in-between podcast episodes. Uh, Amanda, let's see, I used to see them at Goodwill stores all the time. I'd love to have these in hardcover, but I barely have enough room mm -hmm. for all my paperbacks. And actually, I saw a picture of her shelf the other day yeah, it's getting uh, on, on social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of funny. Uh, let's see a couple of things here. Um, oh, just a thought that if anybody wants to make a list of the hardcovers they're looking for, I'd be happy to keep an eye out for them. So people kind of, you know, maybe, uh, if, if you're looking for something and you, maybe you, you know, what was hard to find was a, um, a hardback edition of the, you know, eye of the world, like an original or even just like a, a, a second printing or whatever, like that. I had to order it new. I mean, I could not find one that I could just get cheap. So if anybody has one of those and you want to kind of share, or you want to uh, sell and trade or whatever, feel free to do that. Um, Lady Heather, so just saying that she has a, a mixture of the paperback and hardcover as well uh, as all of them on Kindle. The only thing I don't have is the audiobooks. plus I always keep at least two copies of The Eye of the World in case I meet someone wow. in the wild that has never read them before. Uh, I have given away three or four copies just this year. Let's go. That's wow. awesome. I love it. I love it. So, okay. Now with that, let's get into, um, I have at least, there were a lot of comments. So if people will remember, this is sort of the, um, the issue that I'm in. 
I think it is sort of somewhat obvious as that something happened in the last batch of chapters with Rand and Matt. We talked about the confusing timeline. There are theories on it. Why did Robert Jordan write those string of chapters that way? And it could have something to do with, um, I'll just read what Lady Heather has here because I think it's there's no spoilers in it. And that's sort of the, the thing is, some people know. Some people have read the series and they can they can kind of tell you, well, this exactly happened and this is why Robert Jordan did what he did there. And I chose not to say or suggest anything uh, of of you know to, to give any spoilers last week. Just to even Sir Matt and and those of you who I want you guys to try to figure out you know what what happened with Rand and Matt um, when during their escape from from Goat and, and things like mm-hmm. it was it was an intense moment uh, and then speculate as to why these chapters are uh, super kind of confusing and why there there's that repetition that we talked about uh, with the with the giving of the scarves and I can't you know the, the, the whoever they were traveling with like you know just could not uh, can't help them you know, I, this is the only help I can provide and and outside of that guys I gotta you know kind of keep out of this uh, it's said multiple times but here we go L- L- Lady Heather said this um I have a theory about the Rand chapters and why the timeline is so confusing I have heard people say, that they think that Robert Jordan was playing with a different writing style and it flopped. But I tend to believe that everything that uh, that uh, Robert Jordan did was for a purpose. I believe he was trying to get the reader to feel the confusion that Rand is feeling during this time. Rand and Matt are stressed to the max, hungry and sleep deprived. On top of that, Rand gets sick after Four Kings. It states in the book um, that Rand felt that time was all askew. Uh, it's not that time was actually wonky. Rand just remembers it in bits and pieces, and I think Robert Jordan was trying to convey that to the audience. So again, and then there's a follow-up uh, comment. Uh, Witherbucket, shout out to you. Uh, gl- glad to have you, and uh, a really a really good comment. I think um, hits the nail on the head there as to what was happening with with Rand and Matt. But I I'm gonna you know maybe shy away from reading that, but. Again, great conversation going on there, and I love it. I mean, it's it's super, uh, it's good. It's really good. So if, if any of you are interested or, or if you're okay with hearing, no one's going right out and spoiling anything crazy. They're just talking about the chapter, and so I feel like it's still very safe to go in there and and discuss and, and discuss the chapter and, and make connections. And it just sort of depends on what you want out of the reading experience. If you're okay with a few spoilers, and that's fine. Some people don't want, mm-hmm. you know, even the suggestions that I make, or like, oh, pay attention to this. Some people might think that that is right. A little we were too much. We were talking about that because, um, you know, you just run into that situation where if you tell somebody, oh, pay close attention to this, then that may ruin their mm-hmm. experience of hitting it for the first time. Like, wow, oh man, I didn't see that coming. Because then they yeah. then they're then they're waiting around, they're expecting it, and so we just try to, yeah. Just avoid, so we're, yeah. we're trying to thread that needle, yeah. And 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 we'll 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 figure it out. We'll we'll, we'll get it. But if this something like that that does happen, just know it wasn't. It's not intentional, and we're not trying to. Because I again, you know, you've got my buddy Matt here, so who mm-hmm. is I want to see how he experiences these chapters and what his thoughts are, and I think that's the fun of it. But okay, enough of that. Um, let's get into this um yeah okay lots of stuff okay so uh this week we're into chapters 35 through 44 again i'm just going to read a very brief summary on these and then we're going to dive into uh not really necessarily all the chapters but some of them a little bit deeper um 
so chapter 35, uh, Rat and Rat, Rand and Matt make their way to the Queen's Blessing. We finally hit Camelin. Uh, 36 in Queen's Blessing, uh, uh, Basail Gill tells Rand and Matt more about their current situation. Rand meets Loyal, which is going to be a huge deal. Moraine, uh, 37, Moraine and Lan rescue uh, Egwene and Perrin. Uh, 38, Lan frees Perrin and Egwene. Uh, those chapters go like hand in hand with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, 39, Rand goes out to see Loghain but falls into a garden. Uh, chapter 40, Rand falls into the palace gardens and is taken under Elaine's protection. Uh, Aladia has a foretelling that the world marches to turmoil and that Rand is at the heart of it. 41, Moraine arrives and tells them that the dagger that Matt has is contaminating him. That's the band gets back together chapter. Uh, chapter 42, several of them tell stories that the Dark One means to blind the eye of the world. Moraine decides to go to the Blight to prevent it. 43, uh, Loyal tells them the ways are dangerous. Moraine insists they use them. The boys dream of Balzaman, who identifies them. And 44, they enter the ways. Yeah. A, a lot. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot this week, which is crazy just uh, because it's like, man, we've been pushing so hard for the past, uh, well, really last month, um, you know, past couple of weeks uh, for those of you that have been reading along to get to Camelin. And we finally get to Camelin and it's like, oh, man, it's instead of instead of just uh, get, catching our breath, uh, we just hit the accelerator. You know, what I mean? yeah. it's like, whoa, yeah, we, we finally we've been pushing so hard to get to Camelin and now we're here and nope, everything's about to get just get blown out of the water. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So what did you I mean, your first sort of uh, as you're, you're traveling with Rand and Matt, like you walk like you're going into Camelin. Um, they thought Barillon was was huge. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right here, uh, just in that opening that opening paragraph here. Um, Rand twisted up to kneel behind the driver's seat. He could not help laughing with relief. We made it, Matt. I told you. We'd words died in his mouth as his eyes fell on Camelin. After Barillon, even more after the ruins of Shadar Logoth, he had uh, thought he knew what a great city would look like. But this was more than he would have believed. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. they, then they start it, then they start describing it. Sorry, uh, they start describing it. They're talking about it. it's huge. It's 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 a like way bigger than they could possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I was I was thinking, you know, um, just about the show, and I thought about when you come to Camelin, what is it going to look like? What's the concept art on it right now? It's out there. I mean, the, somebody's working on it. And I thought of King's Landing actually in Westeros and Game of Thrones. And I thought, is it going to look like, where are they going to shoot this? What is it going to look like? Um, I hadn't really thought about that until literally just this past weekend here where, where when we were in these chapters. And I thought, dang, this is going to be interesting because it is, an, it, it is like, I mean, it's like Camelot, you know, it, it is the mm-hmm. city. It's the big, it's, it's awesome. Outside of Tarvalin, like it's, right. it's or it. like, or think, or think um, Gondor. In, in, in Lord mm-hmm. of the, in Lord yeah. of the Rings, something yes. something like that. It's a huge, huge city. Huge, right, right. Yeah, I think you, uh, so. They're looking at like like one of the walls. Like um, they say, it's like fifty foot high, right? Mm-hmm. Of pale gray stone, streaked with silver and white. Yeah, they have tower. Uh, there's towers everywhere. A thousand yeah. stories had painted cities uh, uh, in his mind. The great cities of kings and queens. Uh, of thrones and powers and legends and Camelin fit into those mind deep pictures 
as water fits into a jug. Uh, so just like the city is just huge. The grandest city in the world built by Ogier, you know, uh, at least the inner city and palace were. Uh, that's a, and so it's it's gonna it's gonna be huge. And then you have Lady Morgays who we'll meet here uh, in in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what's interesting about this chapter is that I think um, I guess just me having gone through this a couple times, like I didn't realize, but I wonder. You know, like like when we come to Camelot, it's not just like the city is big and there's a lot of people. There's a special event taking place, which you heard about last week or you know. Uh, last episode, and we we talk about uh, in regards to Logan, the false dragon coming in, like it's it's not so now the city is packed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that that Basil Gill will talk about the innkeeper. He says like like the reason there are so many rats in the city is because of all the people is what he believes. Um, that, that that there's just so when when a lot of people get together, uh, that 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 sort of you know rats will come and and everything. So it, it's just I think even even though it's an immense big city and it would be overwhelming for them anyway, now the streets are packed. People are shoulder to shoulder. You can barely move. I mean, I think of it as like going to like a, the, like a, a, a new theme park that had just opened. Right. And it's sort of like you're, you're just awestruck by it, but then it's almost not that it, not that you can't still enjoy it, but it's just like you are shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow with all of these people uh, who are pressing in here uh, because of the false dragon. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I, li- I like this line here, too. You know, gaping at the city and the people, Rand was taken by surprise when the cart turned down a side street narrower than the boulevard, which is the Caneland Road. Right. It turns into like the, a boulevard there, um, mm-hmm. but still twice as wide as any street in Edmonds Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so just yeah, immense. You could, you could probably in one of these streets, you know, you could fit all of uh, Edmonds Field. Right. You know, like like there, mm-hmm. the wine spring you know, in just keeps looking smaller and smaller uh, as they go to these different, these different places. So, um, but yeah, I mean, th- so in the, in the first part of this, right, they're kind of, um, and this will tell you, uh, here's a tactic that I thought Robert Jordan used that was, that was great is as they're looking for the in, um, people just start motioning. That's over that way, right? Like you, it's so far away. I can't even give you specific direction Just head that way. Right. And then ask somebody else later on, then they'll tell you, you'll narrow in on it. And that's sort of how they, they get to a place called the Queen's Blessing, which they had to think back, like, okay, now that we're in Caneland, what the heck do we do? Right. Where where do we go? Yeah, we I mean, we've been been running around, we've been almost captured, we've almost died, we've almost uh been sick, we sh- all this stuff, and now hey, we're here. Yeah, what are we what are we supposed to do again? Uh I mean yeah. it's, it's more just a sigh of relief, really, than anything. Right, right. And, you know, you and I were talking uh, before this, uh, before we started recording, you were saying, you know, Matt's over there freaking out. freaking out. Well, and and that was some of that was some of that was last uh, last time as well. But, yeah, you just he just Matt's like sick. Right. And and, uh, he's like, I don't think we're going to make it, man. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. He he has. he basically has kind of a mini freak out here too because of the number of people. It's like he sees dark friends in every face that that passes. I mean, he is just growing more and more paranoid. So yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, we're in Camelin, but what do we do? He had uh, there's so many people. It's 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 so loud, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, he said uh, Tarando is like a being inside a giant beehive, constantly buzzing. Uh, and then e- even if Moraine and Lan and everyone's here, how will we possibly find them? Uh, you know, is is is, is kind of like what what Matt's saying. You know, Moraine will find us. Rand said slowly. So that's kind of the thing. Is one all we need to do is get there. We're here. Um, and then he and um he and Matt get into a little bit. Um, Matt starts to being like, "What if they're dead? What if they're what if they don't mm-hmm. find us? What do we do? Where do we go?" Um. You know, he says, right. uh, "What if Marine doesn't find us? What if nobody does?" But the, you know, he 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 can't he can't even bring himself to happen. Um, you know, then the, the he said, that, you know, Matt's, you know, uh, Rand says, um, you know, if, if that's the worst that happens, it means seeking out a, a lady. A, is it a ladya? Elida. 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 Okay. Uh, seeking out Elida, the Aes Sedai, in, in <laughs> here, right? Uh, he would still go into Tarvalin first. He did not know if Matt remembered what Tom had said about the red Aja and the black, but he surely did. His stomach twisted again. Tom said uh, to find an inn called the Queen's Blessing. We'll go there first. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah that's so just, that's the, <clears throat> he says it's a it's a place to start, right? And because Matt's like, well, we can't even afford anything. That's just where we we just got to go. That's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let me see here. Um. I like what you just read there, actually, because, uh, yeah, we'll think about that when it happens. If it happens, the worst mint asking or the worst mint seeking out Elida, the Aes Sedai in the palace. Yeah, it's mentioned that before this going into Camelin that the queen, ha- you know, is has an advisor, has an Aes Sedai advisor. And her name is Elida. Um, and so, so far, it's like Moraine has been, she's been pretty good to us, you know, so. Although we're trying to, you know, Tom Marilyn keeps telling us to to stay away from these Aes Sedai and he's warning us about this sort of stuff. Um, w- the worst thing that could happen, if, if nothing else works out and we're here and we're just stuck and we go to the Queen's Blessing, let's say we can't get food, uh, we can't get any support there, whatever, then we'll have to go to the palace and maybe we'll seek out this Aes Sedai and sort of say, hey, we were with someone else who said they were an Aes Sedai and this is what's been going down. Uh, yeah. Thank, thank goodness um, it doesn't come to that necessarily. It, they, yeah, so. Well, and you already know, Sir Matt. Like, they meet her, they, 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 but it's not, um, it's not in this, this attempt of, like, we're desperate, we don't know what to do, we're going to go to her. It's sort of, the, the pattern takes us there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so, um, so. You know, Matt's still, Matt's still, Matt's still kind of freaking out, right? You know, like, uh, uh, yeah, he says, I can't, Rand, they're everywhere. He drops to, you know, he dropped his eyes to the paving stone, you know, like wherever we go, they're right behind us or they're waiting for us. They'll be at the Queen's Blessing too. You know, nothing's going to stop a fade. But I think it, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think, I think it's important to remember. I mean, they've been through a lot, right? And, you know, the Matt kind of apologizes, you know, I'm sorry, Rand. Um, I just can't stop thinking I'll never see home again. I just want to go home. Uh, it's, it's a lot, you know, these, this is, this is yeah. a, a, a totally new adventure, a new type of thing for all of these guys. And then I mean, you look at what's going on with Perrin and Egwene, which we'll get to, um, as well. There's a lot going on with them. Yeah. Yeah, there really is. And, and so they're, uh, they've been desperate. They, they had, you, you can kind of see, so. Matt's freaking out, but then also Rand is very, like some of that paranoia starts to kind of rub off on him a little bit. He wants to get to the Queen's Blessing as quickly as he can. And along the way there, he starts to think, 
you know, I've got this heron marked blade, mm -hmm. this sword that has drawn a lot of attention in, in smaller towns. Surely it's going to draw attention here. And so it's like, he starts to think, okay, how do I, how do I cover this up? And this is very interesting in that he sees other people who have their swords kind of wrapped and bound with either uh, white or red, those those colors like like the um, mm -hmm. these these pieces of fabric, these straps that they have, uh, or with bound with cord and stuff. So he <laughs> he he sees that right, um, you know, staying unnoticed was something that Rand thought a great deal about. You know, he kept his cloak over his sword. Uh, but that would not be good enough for very long. Sooner or later, someone would wonder what he was hiding. You know, people are suspicious. Uh, something else that Robert Jordan is kind of making a, a comment on here is that people in the city are, well, what's this guy hiding? Who's this person? Even though there's there's thousands of people around, uh, you know, this guy, if he looks strange, we're going to call him out. Like, And then the mob mentality uh, sets in. So uh, let's see. Sooner or later, someone would wonder what he was hiding. He would not, could not take uh, Blunt's advice. Uh, the guy they were traveling with before to to stop wearing it. It was his link to Tam, to his father. Right? He's never. He's not going to give this sword up. No way. Uh, he'll 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 die with it if he has to. But what he can do is try and conceal it. And so he gets to this point where he he finds um you know someone who is selling cloth strips of cloth, and uh, it's interesting that the strip that he gets he ends up getting the color red, and because it was cheaper. Simply because it was cheaper, and I just think it's kind of funny because the the you know, you, you know uh, Sir Matt like we're go we're going to the Queen's blessing. Clearly, they're in favor of the Queen, and so something that's going on here. Did you notice sort of like the political um, dynamic or like the divide that was going on between people who wore the colors red and white? Oh, uh, I guess I guess I didn't really pay attention to that. I mean, I guess I was. I mean, I, mean, yeah. I like I I saw it, but I guess it wasn't something that I was like thinking deeper into. As, yeah, as it, it's, it's, I, what, in exact, so, you know, us being, um, having read a song of ice and fire series, when, when you go back through that, we often talk about how George Martin, uh, writes for people who are going to read it a second, a third mm -hmm. and a fourth time. And he like, upon an initial read, there are things that you will miss. You're going to miss. And that actually, sometimes I think authors want that. They want you to go back and revisit their story and say, Holy cow, look at that. You know, one thing that uh, a nod that was mentioned just a few paragraphs before that was actually that Matt looked to Rand and Rand then thought he want he's then he has an internal thought like Matt wants he's looking to me as to what to do now that we're in the city. So it's another just a subtle little it's only like one little line uh, but I caught that like oh yeah, Matt is looking to Rand. Rand is the leader. Here we go. He's going to, you know, decide what to do for us. Um and so this little bit about the the factions or whatever, like Rand is trying to pull from what he had learned or he had heard Blunt, uh, you know, say before they went into the city that it was one of the grandest cities of all time. Um, may the light, you know, illumine uh, the queen. He, he says this, right? But he doesn't even know who he's, he, he basically says these things that he's heard before entering the city. And they happen to be all sayings and phrases that support the queen. And anyone who's wearing white at the time or, um, has like a white scarf or like a you know that they're are an armband that is white. They actually somewhat oppose the queen and the influence of Aes Sedai in the city. And there's a lot of white cloaks walking around too. Like they sort of think you know, same thing that that was happening with the two rivers. The weather is not good right now, 
And who are they blaming there? They're blaming the wisdom. Why isn't the wisdom doing anything about this? You know, the crops aren't coming up like they should. It's, it's harsh times. It's bad. Let's point a finger at the wisdom. Well, here in this, in, in, a, in, a, in a bigger, on a bigger scale, um, those who wear white are kind of upset that, you know, let's blame the Aes Sedai or let's blame their influence or the, the influence of the power um, as, to, as to being a problem here in the city. And there's more to it than that, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the simplified version, I guess. And so Rand, he, he like the, the only reason he buys red is because it's cheaper. They don't have much coin, and he's worried that uh, they, they won't be able to even afford getting into the Queen's Blessing. And it's interesting that one, I think one of the reasons why they're granted access or entry to the Queen's Blessing is because um, he has, which has red. Because he has red, yeah, and because he says, because he's heard people say things about, you know, uh, may the light illumine, you know, Queen Morgays. So, okay, here we go. Like, it just stumbles upon that. Um, had he have been saying other phrases that were more negative and and more focused on the neg- focused on the negativity, I don't think he would have been uh, as warmly welcomed by Basil Gill, wow. Master Gill. Wow. You know, I think it would have been. So anyways, it's it's a weird uh just a little a, a little thing that you'll kind of keep keep your eye on as we go as we go through. But he wanted he only reason he did it was to hide his sword. that heron marked blade. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, um uh right after that is they do get to the Queen's Blessing and they get in because he says, you know, Master Gill, as soon as he meets him, a friend of ours told us to come here, Tom Maryland. Um he says, you know, oh, I I know him. Uh and then uh mm-hmm. he 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 kind of he kind of brings him in here. Uh and so they start to say that he's that he's dead and the innkeeper won't believe it. Uh, you know, I'll believe right. he's dead when I when I see his corpse. Right? And they, mm-hmm. they kind of explain uh they kind of explain a little bit about their about their story. Um they kind of leave out. I think this this goes into uh chapter 36 here. Um, he leave he leaves out some of the you know the trollocs and and the fades, but he, he you know he just kind of tells them story. Uh, he says we kept on until we reached Camelin, so we're now in chapter thirty six. That was the plan originally. Camelin, then Tarvalin. Uh, he shifted it uncomfortably on the edge of his chair after keeping everything secret for so long. It felt odd to be telling someone, uh, somebody, even as much as he was. If we stay on that route, the others will be able to find us sooner or later. If they're allied, Matt mummered. Um, you know, Rand yeah. did not even glance at Matt. Uh, and he, then he also feels like he has to, he, he's compelled to add, you know, it could bring you trouble helping us. Uh, and then Master mm-hmm. Gill, who immediately just be kind of comes kind of a cool, uh, cool character. Uh, I just kind of just kind of like him here. Uh, can't say as I want trouble, but it wouldn't be the first I've seen. No bloody dark friend will make me turn my back on Tom's friends. Uh, this friend of yours from the north now, if she comes to Camelin, I'll hear. There are people keep their eyes on comings and goings like that around here. And the word spreads. <laughs> Yeah, he's not having any of it. He's not going to put up with it. I, I I like him a lot, actually. He's he's a good guy, uh, and yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, and, and then here's another time where he, you know, Matt is getting frustrated. Um, oh, let's see. Um, they're talking about Aes Sedai and getting help and stuff. You know, he says he says that he's he's a good Queen's man, um, but there are too many in Camelin right now who take it wrong, and I don't mean just the White Cloaks. Matt snorted. For all I care, the Ravens can take every Aes Sedai straight to Sheogul. And he, like, snaps back and watch your tongue, right? Yeah. Um, I don't love him, but I didn't say I'm a fool. Yeah. You know, I'm not a fool. And, and sort of that's the thing is that 
people are looking to blame someone here. And so you blame those maybe in power or uh, you, you blame someone who uses a power that you don't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, and you think they should have more control over these things and they and they don't. Um, but Master Gill is not that is not that fool. He's going to continue to support the queen there at the queen's blessing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And just like you said, so, um, then this is where I'd say kind of the biggest, uh, we get a new character introduced where, where things get to get really, um, just a uh, huge change. Right. I mean, every, this is where I think the whole, mm -hmm. I mean, everything we've seen so far kind of changes. Um, so he, he ran, uh, Rand's kind of asking, um, you know, is there another room where I could, where I could go sit? He's, uh, he's. And, um, he didn't, you know, he didn't want to go back upstairs and shut himself away with Matt's sullen withdrawal. Maybe a private dining room that's not being used. There's the library. She pointed uh, to a door uh, through there to your right at the end of the hall. Maybe it's empty at this hour. Uh, and he says, um, you know, if you see Master Gill, would you tell him that Rand Althor needs to talk to him? I'll tell him. So he ends up, uh, he ends up, he ends up going up. Um, he's seeing some 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 of his favorite books the travels of jane farstrider mm -hmm. um yeah. he's even remembering his dad like holding you know you know that book kind of talking about it he hears a throat clear uh behind him and he <laughs> suddenly realizes he wasn't alone ready to apologize for his rudeness he turns he was used to being taller than almost everyone he met but at this time his eyes traveled up and up and up and his mouth fell open um uh, then the head came almost as tall as the 10 foot ceiling, a nose as broad as the face, so wide that it was more a snout than a nose. Eyebrows, the hung down like <clears throat> tails, uh, you know, a little bit more there than he just, uh, Trollic, he yelled out aloud. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wish you hu humans wouldn't do that, rambled a voice as deep as a drum. Uh, so few of us remember us. It's our own fault, I suppose. Um, and he goes on about how old he is. You know, he's um, after I'm about six generations now, right after the War of the mm -hmm. Hundred yep. Years. Um, you know, too long, too long. Uh, and then he kind of introduces himself, and we meet Loyal, son of yeah. Arendt, son of Halen. Uh, your, yeah. your name sings in my ears, Rand Althor. Uh, that sounded like a ritual greeting to Rand. Uh, he returned the bow. Your name sings in my ears, Loyal, son of aren't uh son of holland right you know just he's yep. kind of like stumbling over his words yep. uh it was all a little uneasy and so uh you know he goes on to say you humans are very excited I, you know i just kind of wish you guys wouldn't yell trollic uh <laughs> out, right out, not a good thing not a, not a good thing at us um he says he's 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 an ogier uh he's about he's He's, he said he's you know just about 90s 90 years old and so loyal is actually a pretty cool dude as soon as we meet him yeah. he's he's a pretty he's he's a he's a pretty cool guy and I, he's obviously going to be a pretty uh, big deal moving forward even to where just from where we uh will get to in the rest of today yeah what did what did you think of like you know like so we meet him we find out that he's old he's he's you know not about 90 years old older than old Sinbui, and he is He's in there reading books. He's mm -hmm. in the library. I mean, he talks about how when he first entered the city, yeah, they all were yelling Trolloc and a mob chased him. And thank, thankfully, the Queensmen, yeah. you know, were able to kind of, kind of, you know, stop the mob and they get him in here. And, and even Master Gillis are sort of like, hey, can you stay in the library? Like, you you know, people are leaving and, right. and stuff. And, you know, nothing, he doesn't mean any offense by it, but, you know, he's, he's a businessman and he's, these people are just, uh, 
you know, the, the O-gear don't leave their steading very often. Uh, and there's a reason for that. But what did you think of Loyal, I guess, because like, even over the next couple of chapters, I mean, like, just his personality, who he is, uh, like, he's likable, right? He's a really nice guy. Uh, I mean, he's, yeah. he's, he's really nice. He's obviously very uh, intelligent. I mean, he's, he's probably rivals Moraine in, 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 mm -hmm. some, in some respects. Um, yep. And I think he, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because it seems like so far our, we've just kind of had, well, you have the dark friends and, you know, kind of like the evil side. And then you kind of have just kind of, I guess the, if you want to call it the light, but also kind of just not yep. necessarily neutral, but people that certainly aren't, you know, they just want, you know, want nothing to do with like the dark friends and stuff like that. But they're mm -hmm. not necessarily like champions of the light. And so he is really this first character where he almost um, kind of falls in the middle a little bit. Like, I mean, he's not obviously a dark mm -hmm. friend or anything, but it, it, yeah. he talks more about, you know, like the steadings and the groves and kind mm -hmm. of. And so I just that was kind of interesting, like, oh, to get this almost like when you think about the tinkers we had. Um, they're like, eh, yeah. we kind of do things our way. It's different than, you know, like how people do in certain cities and stuff. So it is kind of just interesting as this world is building, um, just getting more kind of perspectives on on people, which ties into the whole big, you know, the whole big world, like politics and, mm -hmm. you know, history yeah. and all this well, stuff, culture and all this stuff. Yeah. What 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 is your culture value, what, your your way of life uh, and talking about the tinkers, as you said? Yeah, they, they have a different way of life and their values are different. And but they fit into our world and they're needed. They're very necessary. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, the, the Ogier, I mean, they built this city, right? That was one of the things, you know, um, I think when the song came out, we built this city, they were talking about, you know, that was, that was the Ogier. They wrote that song. We built this city. All right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, <laughs> they, uh, but it, it's like, I, and actually really, when you ask him about that, eh, stone is just something that they got into. Really, it's it's the groves that they're interested in, the natural life and and things. Um, so and, and these histories, you know, loyal when he goes to various places, he went to Ilian, he went to Tyr. Uh, he says that their their names were not those were not the names that he thought they were going to be. From what he read in the books, like so many things had changed, he had to go out and see the world. You know, I I ask you why you kind of what you thought about loyal because he calls himself a little hot-headed a little mm -hmm. a little um as if he's rash or whatever that yeah he said that the that the elders always said that i was too hot-headed and i fear i've proven them right uh, i wonder if they have realized that i'm even gone so he left before they uh could grant his his leaving uh he just he just rushed out he was afraid they he afraid you know another 10 years would go but by the time they decided he could go he would be old enough to go on his own uh so he's he's a young ogier yeah and uh making his way into the into the world it's it, you know he he has and actually rand kind of sees him as having that same sort of like uh even though he's much older that he's like matt perrin and rand in in uh, maturity or just like this sort of uh i don't know giddy boyish let's go into the world and explore it and just be adventurous and he's still got that um gleam in his eye wanting to go just be out there with his books and and, and, and record things, uh, yeah, see the world that he's been reading about in his books. And I actually thought that was really interesting. Um, I think of Robert Jordan and when he, when he wrote this series, all of the different cultures and ways of life that he weaves into this story uh, makes you kind of want to know more about those types of people. And it's, 
it's sort of um although we have this great awesome series where that's that's all there it's like to learn about those he had to travel and and study those like different peoples and cultures and and understand uh what what it was like for them to be woven together so that was neat that you could almost see robert jordan in the character loyal a little bit Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then loyal tells us, uh, some pretty interesting things, right? Um, he, he, he looks at, he looks at Rand and thinks, um, well, yeah, no, excuse me. First, uh, he tells us, yeah, you know, he, he talks about like an ailment, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and again, this happens a little bit, a lot with Rand, uh, in this, in this, the passage we're reading, we'll see later with, uh, more gaze, uh, says, you know, I'm not an Ielman. I'm from the two rivers. Uh, he just, you know, everyone's everyone. All these people now that we're in a bigger city where people have dealt with uh, more cultures and stuff. Uh, everyone seems to look at Rand and say, well, you sound like somebody from the two rivers, but you certainly don't look like somebody from the from the from the two rivers. Um, and then uh, Loyal gives us a little bit of uh, kind of a history lesson on the Taviran, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you have that pulled I up? I do. Yeah. Taviran, Loyal said. Rand blinked. What? Taviran. Loyal uh, rubbed behind a pointed ear with one blunt finger uh, and gave a little shrug. Elder uh, Haman always said I never listened, but sometimes I did. <clears throat> sometimes I listen. You know, of course, the pat- how the pattern is woven. Uh, I never really thought about it, he said. It just was. Well... Uh, not exactly. You see, the Wheel of Time weaves the pattern of the ages, and it thre- its threads are used as lives. It is not fixed, the pattern uh, not always. If a man tries to change the direction of his life, and the pattern has room for it, the wheel just weaves on and takes it in. There is always room for small changes, but sometimes the pattern simply won't accept a big change, no matter how hard you try. Uh, I could live on... Rand nodded. I could live on a farm in Edmonds Field, and that would be a small change. If I wanted to be a king, though, he laughed, um, and Loyal gave a grin that almost uh, split his face in two. His teeth were white and as broad as his uh, chisels. Yes, that's it. But sometimes the change chooses you, or the wheel chooses it for you. And sometimes the wheel bends a life thread or several threads in such a way that all the surrounding threads are forced to swirl around it. And those force other threads, and those still others, and on and on. The first bending the make the web that is Taviran, and there is nothing you can do to change that, not until the pattern itself changes. The wed, uh, the web, um, that word, I don't even know how to pronounce that, um, tar, uh, tamaralil, tar- Moralian, I don't know. Um, it's called. It can last for two. Uh, can last for weeks or for years. It can take in a town or even the whole pattern. Arter Hawkwing was Taviran, so was Loose Theron Kingslayer. For that matter, I suppose he left out a booming chuckle. Uh, Elder Haman uh, would be proud of me. He always droned on and on about the books, about traveling, where much uh, more. And traveling were much more interesting, but I did listen sometimes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Lo- loyal. Knows. And then he says that I. Then he says that he wants to travel with Rand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he does. You know, and, and again, back to the beginning of, the, of this um, this episode when we talked about Rand wanting to be in secret and and stuff. He, you know, he thinks like he's an ogre. He's huge. Just sitting there, he's taller mm-hmm. than most men. It doesn't seem like it's going to be, you know, a 
a good idea, actually. So, yeah, that's that's sort of um, th- then he's kind of wondering, you know, who is who's chasing them and uh, and, and all of that stuff. Um, uh, it's, it's brought up. Uh, Tarvalin is kind of brought up. Right. And he, Loyal says that there's a very mm-hmm. fine grove at Tarvalin. Uh, and I've been told the Aes I keep it well tended. Uh, besides, it is not just the groves I want to see. Perhaps uh, you are not another Ardor Hawkwing, but for a time at least, part of the world will shape itself around you. Perhaps, um, wow, perhaps is even now shaping itself around you. Man, that's something that you'd want to see, right? You're yeah. around a Taviran. Oh, right? yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, and Matt and Rand kind of begins to wonder it would have been good to have somebody else along, uh, else along the way Matt was behaving. Uh, being with him was almost like being alone. The ogre was a comforting presence. Uh, maybe he was a younger, uh, he was young as ogre reckoned age, but it seemed um, unflappable as a rock, just like Tam. So yeah, the idea of, well, I mean, um, you know, having somebody else that could, uh, you know, that could go along with them, but how do you hide somebody 10 feet tall? Uh, he says, then he says, I don't think it's a good idea. Even if Moraine finds us here, we'll be in danger all the way to Tarval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. at least in, in consolidation, he wants someone to, to talk with, you know, and to play stones. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. So, all right. Well, this brings us to um, uh, two kind of uh, chapters here uh, that just go right together. The long chase and uh, rescue as I'm going to let you yeah. take over on these ones. Yeah. And really these we, we might uh, touch on these a little bit more uh, in the ex- in the extended edition. Um, so be sure to check that out. Talk about some of these white cloaks and and their dynamic. Um, I've always found the white cloaks really interesting. Uh, just because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're right now in the city of Camelon. We keep hearing about them. You can see that they, they were in Berlon, they're in Camelon. Uh, there's a group of them chasing down, you know, Egwene and, and, and Perrin. Um, so, so yeah. And we know just based upon last episode that Perrin, um, well, yeah, we kind of find out here that, uh, when they were out, that they were captured by these white cloaks and, and taken in and they're, they're basically being called dark friends essentially, because they mm-hmm. were with wolves and, you know, Perrin end, ends up um, killing for the first time. So, so, so they have him in here and they're questioning him and, and Egwene. Um, and we're really seeing this through Nynaeve and Moraine and Land's perspective as they travel towards Camelon. Uh, they realize that the coin that she gave uh, to the boys, one of them she can still sense and she at least knows that she can now go and help after she found out what she found out in Whitebridge and and knows that there's that the boys maybe are still alive just on the run, uh, and and it looks like they're headed towards Camelin. She then goes north to try and find uh, Perrin, and uh, they come across a camp of white cloaks where the boy is being held. She decides to free him, and um, there, this there, there's some people will. I, this is why we'll do some of this in the extended edition. This is such a, a heavy section um, because there's some really good stuff between Nynaeve and Land. You know, they're always almost like this is unspoken mm-hmm. kind of um competi- competition between like you know right. who can sneak up on yeah, who there's, yeah there's yeah there's definitely there's definitely there's definitely some tension between yeah yeah and it's it's really cool actually um like like land has respect for her she's getting this the respect for land but there there's a very it's a silence between them two but yet uh i don't know just a way in which like even when she when land asked her to be a, a part of the distraction and to help with like cutting the horses so what they wanted to do is uh, Land is going to go in there. He's going to rescue uh, Perrin 
and Egwene. They don't know that Egwene's necessarily there, though. That's actually Nynaeve, her connection uh, to her and the mm-hmm. power that is in her uh, mm-hmm. is, is what allows her to know that Egwene is there and, and, and hold on to a few more horses so they can get out. But uh, he, he, you know, Landon is approaching her saying, I, we need your help. You know, are you in? And then he nods. I mean, as soon as she says yes, like helping, you know, Emmons Fielders, absolutely. She is, you know, he's nodding already. He knew. He knew what the answer would be. It's just the courtesy of asking. And and uh, right. it's just kind of neat to see that little tiny back and forth and just sort of Robert Jordan building up um, this relationship between Nynaeve, Lan, and Moraine. And even Moraine and Lan. Like, you're getting all the dynamics, uh, which is which is really neat. So, yeah, she sneaks down, and, and she's at the edge of the uh, White Cloak um, camp, and and basically Moraine calls down lightning, okay? Yeah. Calls down some lightning and uh, scares the horses. You know, she had loosened, uh, had cut some of the ropes, and so just a little, you know, uh, th- that that scare, right, sends the horses just jerking their heads, and boom, they're just off and, and scattering in various, um, you know, uh, directions, one thing that's that's also interesting about this is that Lan notices there are wolves around and that, you know, for her to be on the lookout, really, they should not approach you or, or be near you. Uh, but he thinks it's interesting that they are there. And uh, so, yeah, so she decides um, she, she's she's there. She, she recognizes Egwene's presence. So she decides to take Bella Um as, as one of the horses that she's going to use because riding double is going to slow them down. They're worried that some of the white cloaks will get on their horses and they don't want to be riding double. Uh, and, and that, you know, land even says as he goes in here, he, he doesn't know the state of Perrin or the boy. Uh, he may not be able to travel or to travel um, stealthily. Right. So he wants to make sure mm-hmm. that, you know, they have enough horses to, to do that. So Nynaeve is stunned when she sees wolves chasing the scared horses away uh, but she is too busy getting away from the camp to to pay much attention to these wolves. So, and we know that uh, Perrin has a connection with them. And then the next chapter to make this short, maybe this is what we'll we'll focus on in the ext- the extended edition. Um, we get more of a conversation between Child Bayar, uh, one of the White Cloaks, and Perrin. We get this back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, about them. Uh, we learn more about Elias as uh, mm-hmm. a possible as a warder right right and then when and then when Nynaeve once they've rescued them and Nynaeve is talking to them she's she's overlooking Perrin and she says um you know some things like I don't understand you know you have your eyes have this kind of yellow to them but it's not yellow eye fever Mm -hmm. um you know then Moraine then Moraine's like yellow like you say like she definitely knows there's something there's something okay there's something yeah you know, big about it you know there's there's no foretelling this marine spoke it to herself so uh yeah and like i said, as said we'll we'll we're gonna cover some more of that uh these in these in extended edition yeah. so um okay so basically uh you know that now we just know that they're going to camelin mm-hmm. uh which brings us back uh to chapter to pretty much we'll see them again they'll all they'll all meet up uh, uh together but um the next time we see them are with uh, when they all when they all show up. So Matt and Rand uh, now back to them. Chapter thirty nine, weaving of the web. Um, you know, are you coming? He asked again. Matt glowered uh, from where he lay, curled up in a ball on his bed. Take that trollic you're so friendly with. You know, blood gnashes. Matt, he's not a trollic. You're just being uh, stubborn, stupid. And so this is definitely an issue uh, that 
uh, Matt will have uh, with Loyal as we as in these next couple chapters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's super suspicious because he's just stayed up there uh, away from everyone else and and doesn't want to go see. This is this is huge, you know. I mean, Matt would be the one mm -hmm. who would be pulling Rand. You know, it, like we get that from Matt in the beginning of this book that he's the one who pulls them into trouble, and now he wants to stay away from everybody. So clearly, something's wrong uh, with with him. We just don't know exactly what it is. And, uh, and yeah, so, um, Rand realizes that this is, you know, uh, it, this is the day to kind of go see low gate, go see the false dragon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this, uh, this, this you know, there, a handful of things happen here actually. So as Matt or excuse me, as uh, Rand is actually going to go out and, and try to try to see him, um, he, uh, is running. Uh, he's basically going out to the streets. They're, they're, they've got they've got Loghain in a cage. They're kind of you know bringing him into the city. Um, and there's a beggar, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That uh, that uh, Rand comes across, and he talks about you know he's he's really weird. He says you know the beggar, whatever ill chance uh, he had, uh, led the man to find him like this. Rand was suddenly sure that dark friend or not. He did not want to meet him face to face. This beggar, he keeps seeing him, um, and it almost feels like he has he has to escape him. Um, and then he he does. We don't actually ever find out who that beggar is, uh, but it's just somebody he that he's he's seeing mm -hmm. right. And so he's actually worried. He's like, you know, what do I got to do to get to lose this guy? Yeah. Um, you know, is it is it is it worth it to go see the false dragon? So he does end up. Um, uh, uh losing uh losing him uh you know it says like the beggar would not give up he was sure of it though he could not say why the ragged shape uh, would be working its way through the crowds at the at very minute searching and if rand returned to see logan he ran the risk of meeting uh for a moment he considered going back to the queen's blessing but he was sure he would never get another chance to see a queen and he uh hoped he would never have another chance to see a false dragon mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To, to yeah. like to be this close and then to be scared away by a beggar who could mm -hmm. be a, a potential dark friend. He's like, nah, that, that's sort of cowardice. I'm I'm going to there's a way uh, I, I I can find mm -hmm. a way to, to do both here uh, instead of going back and sitting at the queen's blessing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to press forward. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so uh, so this is where things get uh, really start to get kind of interesting. So he does end up seeing him. Um, he says the false dragon was a tall man with long, dark hair curling around his broad shoulders. He held himself upright against the sway of the wagon with uh, one hand on the bars over his head. His clothes seemed ordinary, a cloak and coat and uh, breeches that would not uh, cause comment in any farming village but the way he wore them the way he held himself Logan was a king in every inch of him the cage might as well not have been there mm -hmm. which i which i thought was really interesting and so then he says uh you know they're thinking about oh he, he you know he is defeated right they're talking about how talks about how it's interesting just the way he is he says you know ran lean out a bit further to try to catch one last sight of the cage man he was defeated wasn't he light he wouldn't be in a bloody cage if he wasn't defeated uh, and that's why they talk about the guy they've got the Aes Sedai there why were the Aes Sedai watching him he wondered they're keeping him from touching the true source silly he jerked up to look toward a girl's voice and suddenly his precarious seat was gone he had only time to realize that he was toppling backwards falling when something uh, struck his head and a laughing Logan chasing him into a spinning darkness uh, so now this brings us to the web titans so this is where um 
essentially Rand is kind of like uh, knocked unconscious for a second. But he does have kind of he has like this quick kind of a dream here, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's sitting at a table with Loghain and Moraine. Mm-hmm. The Aes Sedai and the False Dragon sat watching him silently as if neither the other knew or as if neither knew the other was there. Uh, so that's like just something that's definitely uh, kind of interesting. Uh, and so then that brings uh, then he he wakes up and we meet uh, two characters that as does not particularly care for uh, <laughs> <laughs> as he was telling yeah. me. He's like, ah, yeah, those guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, as we get in here to the palace, what, one thing uh, just to back up a little bit when it's to me, it's such a cool visual. I, I, I this is one of those things I wonder how they're going to do the false dragon, like how they're going to portray this in the show. And and, and like he when you see sort of like him uh, as he's going in, uh, as the Aes Sedai are taking him in um, and he's in a cage, right? But he doesn't look like he's in a cage. And he puts these mm-hmm. really in Rand's dream, kind of as the darkness is wrapping around him, he hears Loghain. I don't know that Loghain actually put his head back and laughed and, and like did this like sort of madman, you know, laughter or whatever. But I would love if that really was what, what happened, you know, uh, as, as he's just sort of defying everyone, like, this is a crazed man laughing uh, that they've got him in here in this in this car. Almost like it's it's like it's in the plan. Like this is a part of his plan to be captured, to be taken into this. Yeah. Place. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, certainly it seems to me um, just the way they describe the way he's, he's standing like he he doesn't seem like he's. You know, when you think about somebody being in a cage like, oh, they're probably weak and tired. Eh, it doesn't seem like it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, de- I definitely found that to be uh, interesting. So, um, Rand, um, you know, we meet uh, a boy and a uh, girl here mm-hmm. whose names and I don't I, yeah. uh, don't have highlighted. Uh, got, uh, uh, so you have Elaine, the, the like the the daughter mm-hmm. heir Elaine of 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 uh, Andor and her brother uh, Gawain. I say Gawain. Uh, mm-hmm. I've heard people say Gawain. Yeah, Gawain that's but, what I'm saying too. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So so Gawain. So Elaine and Gawain, and they have a half brother. Uh, named Galad, who shows up. So, and the way I described it to you was like, oh, there, there's Elaine and, and, her, and her brother Gawain, and then oh, here comes this freaking jerk, you know, uh, Galad. <laughs> you know, he's their half brother. He's kind of annoying. Um, but no, I mean, he's actually. It ends up that Galad is very interesting. Their half brother is very interesting and has mm-hmm. uh, an interesting connection to the whole story. So yeah, but Elaine is that daughter heir. Um, and she's with her brother Gawain. So they were also there kind of, they're inside the palace wall. Like he didn't even, uh, you know, Rand didn't even realize he was climbing the palace wall. Uh, that was the wall to the gardens, you know, because, mm-hmm. but, but really where they're taking Loghain is right into the heart of this palace in, into the heart of Camelon. And so he's right there at the wall kind of seeing as they, as they enter and stuff. And then he, you know, falls backward, hits his head and, and she's trying to wrap his head up and, and help him a little bit. You know, she she just cares for she, she Elaine has a sweetheart and she is a sweetheart and she, she wants to kind of take care of things and stuff. But she's also the princess. So, you know, right. Yeah. So so basically she feels, uh, you know, in a way she, she wants to she wants to help Rand because, you know, his, his hand his hands get his hands get a little uh, cut up, um, you know. And she's telling her brother, you know, 
I told you, hold still. You know, does she always expect everyone to do what she tells them? A flash of surprise crossed the young man's face. Most of the time she does, and most of the time they do. Um, hold this, you know, uh, put your hand here while I do this. Um, and so then she's basically, she's she's working on Rand's uh, hands since they get kind of scraped up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And and this is enter, you know, her, this is Galad, who shows up, the, the older half-brother, who they describe him, and people might say, well, I know why, you know, Sir Ezra said he's annoying. It's because he's extremely good-looking. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he is. Like, he is. He's, he's extremely, like, all of the girls think he is just, like, I don't know. He, he's, he's, um, he's good to look at, all right? He's, he's a, he's a, and he also is extremely, um, he's not just extremely handsome, but he's also very much um, a rule follower. Like, he will not bend any of the rules, even to a fault. It's sort of like if if we're going to break a rule, like the rule needs to be kind of rewritten then type of thing. So if that's the law, that's the law. Uh, so he's the one who sort of sees this and realizes that this is, you know, maybe an, an intruder. He calls the guard uh, um, on on Rand, and they, they, they think Rand is a serious threat. So Talonvor, the guard that shows up, is like, okay, this guy's a serious threat. And he, he shouldn't be. Although, uh, here's something interesting. When he was leaving the Queen's Blessing, Rand was leaving, he walks past a couple of the guards, at least one of the guards who kind of says to him, hey, you know, be careful out there. When you go to see the false dragon, um, you know, like like keep basically kind of saying, keep uh, people who are wearing the red around you. This mob could kind of break out. He's like, you know, I, I want you back here. You'd be good in a fight. Like he had sized him up and just thought, well, he'd be good. This guy would be good to have here in case some fight breaks out. And so then you have Talonvor, this guard, who looks at Rand and says, yeah, he's a serious threat. And I think other people will recognize, just like Loyal did, uh, Loyal called him an Aielman, you know, saying that he is he is Aiel. And he's like, no, this is like the third or fourth time I've been called this. And it's the fact that he looks like an Aielman that sets off Talonvor. And he thinks that, well, this guy's a mm-hmm. super threat. Like, get back, get away from him, you know, stay away. So there's something that tells him Rand is definitely a scary dude. Right. So. Right, we're right here. Um, when they're talking, um, uh, you know, Rand's trying to leave. Right, you know, he's like, "Oh, thanks." You know, he touched the scarf around his head. Thank you. Right after he's been after he's been put up here, um, uh, you know, without even telling us your name, uh, Gawain said, "A poor payment for Elaine's care." I've been wondering about you. You sound like an Andor man, though not a Camelaner, certainly. But you look like. Um, well, you know, and then it gets, 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 gets cut off, right? Uh, you know, well, you know, our names courtesy would suggest you give us ours looking longly at the wall. Rand gave, um, uh, his right name before he thought what he was even doing, uh, for, you know, from, from Edmondsfield. And then he even added from Edmondsfield in the two rivers, um, from the West, you know, very far to the rest. Um, and so, uh, I'm trying to see, uh, right after that is, uh, well, well, it's a little bit before he ends up meeting more gays, mm-hmm. but yeah. 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 So yeah, that's all that, that there's, there's a little bit of a, um, I mean, they're, they're hoping to bring the captain guard, uh, Gareth Bryn or Garth Bryn, I want to say that, uh, to, to question him and stuff. So just cause you know, they want the captain general to show cause he's, he's, you know, kind of this, this big of a deal. Um, and it's Elaine who really takes claims guest right and tries to do everything she can to like, no, don't, don't hurt him. He's with us. Like we saw him come right. over this wall. It's fine. You guys are freaking out over nothing, but everyone's on high 
alert here because there's there's talk of dark friends. There are people wearing white mm -hmm. in the city, and this man has climbed over the wall. And Loghain is here, the false dragon. Is someone mm -hmm. trying to free him? Yep. You know, like what's what's going exactly. on? Exactly. Oh yeah, ex exactly. And so um, she does end. Uh, we the uh, brand does get brought before um, more gays here, mm -hmm. right? In and, uh, and Elaine is there as well. And this is actually some pre pretty interesting. I, I, I kind of thought this line was interesting. Um, so as the, as they're doing this, you know, um, Elaine's standing there. She's saying, may I speak, mother? Uh, when Morghese nodded her assent, Elaine told the event simply from the time she first saw Rand climbing up the slope of the wall. He expected her to finish by proclaiming the insane, uh, you know, the innocence of what he had done. But instead, she said, mother, often you tell me I must know our people. Uh, this is where they actually get into some this is some cool little world building mm -hmm. here, um, you know, and so she says, you know, how can I come to know anything real or true under such circumstances? And speaking with this young man, I have already learned more about the people of two rivers, uh, what kind of people they are than I ever could from books. Uh, you know, she says, I beg you not to misuse a loyal subject and one who has taught me so much about the people you rule, uh, you know, a loyal subject from the two rivers, a more gay side. My child, you should know. Uh, you should pay more heed to those books. The two rivers have not seen a tax collector in six generations, nor the Queen's guards in seven. I dare say they seldom, uh, they seldom even think to remember that they are part of the realm. Well, whose fault is that? Yeah, here. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Right. Okay. What if you haven't sent a tax collector? How is or provided them with mm -hmm. uh, protection? Then how is it their fault that what are they, what are they supposed to do? Be like, oh hey, let's pay taxes. It's supposed to be the other way around. You're supposed to go there, say no, remind them, hey, you're part of the kingdom. We you, you, we need your taxes, right? And then you provide them protection, and then maybe freaking Trollocs wouldn't attack. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> let, let me just get that out there. Oh man. Yeah. Hey. Uh. Fun. Funny. Or well, an interesting point. Actually, a part of the reason why they don't send a tax collector there, uh, and we'll get into this later is. A lot of stuff in Camelin, like the who becomes ruler and what happened to previous rulers and the turmoil in the city and vying for power is sort of why they lost track of the edge of their like their 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 kingdom. And also they're stubborn two rivers folk and, and things like that. But Right. Yeah. And Rand yeah, it says Rand was Rand was even like surprised when they tell him what? Mm -hmm. It is actually part of the of, of Andor. Right, right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, the queen saw him and smiled repeatedly. Yeah, like you see, child, like talking to her daughter. So, um, so then she. This is where we get uh, another person here. Um, uh, Morgay's. Uh, she she rose from her stool and slowly came down um, from the dais to stand before him. From the two rivers, she said. She reached a hand towards his head. Uh, he pulled away from her touch, and she let her hand drop. With that red in his hair and the gray eyes, two pe rivers people are of are dark of hair and eye, and they seldom have such height. Her hand darted out to push back his coat sleeve, exposing lighter skin uh, the sun had not reached so often, or such skin. It was an effort uh, not to clench his fist. I was born in Edmonds Field, he said stiffly. My mother was an outlander. That's where my eyes come from. My father, Tam Althor, a shepherd and farmer as I am. Um, you know, and then uh, she touches his sword, right? She says a sheep herder from the two rivers uh, with a heron mark sword. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's where, that's, yeah, again, you know, things, uh, there's something about Rand, right? Mm-hmm. Things are getting a little more suspicious. More and more yep. interesting. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's something that we, you know, we heard Tam talk about his birth and all this kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, look, more and more and more looking like there are obviously some, some uh, events surrounding Rand's birth that will get to at some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's interesting. Now, there's um, Elida, the Aes Sedai advisor, is there, too. And I was going to kind of jump to that, if that's okay. Um, you know, she's talking about... There's, there, well, really, um, Elaine and, and Gawain were not supposed to see Loghain, but they defied her orders, and they went to the same spot that Rand was at and were trying to look over and see him as he entered. And so they weren't supposed to do that. And she's kind of saying, you know, I've seen him up close. He's as dangerous as a wolf. You know, I wish that they had never brought him near Camelin. And the woman uh, on the stool did not take her eyes up from her knitting, but she, and, and you know, it's she who speaks here, he will be dealt with in Tarvalin. Um, wow. And, and basically she's kind of saying, yeah. like, you know, what is important is that the people see that the light has once again vanquished the dark and that they see you are a part of that victory, Morghese. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she waves this dismissive hand. Uh, I would still rather he, ne- he had never come to Camelin. Uh, Elaine, I know your mind. Uh, Mother, Elaine protested, I do mean to obey you. Truly, I do. Do you? Morgay's asked in a mock surprise and then chuckled. Yes, you do try to be a dut- dutiful daughter, uh, but you constantly test how far you may go. Well, I did the same with my mother. That spirit will stand uh, you in good, in, in good stead when, when you ascend to the throne. But you are not queen yet, child. You have disobeyed me, and you had had your look at Loghain. Be satisfied with that. Um, On the journey north, you will not be allowed within 100 paces of of him, neither you nor Gawain. If I did not know um, just how hard your lessons will be in Tarvalin, I would send uh, Lini along to see you both obey. She, at least, seems able to make you do as you must. So now we get a reference that Elaine is also going to Tarvalin, and that Loghain is just passing through here. These Aes Sedai are gathering themselves, maybe gathering resources, stopping in to talk with Elida, and moving on to Tar- Tarvalin, where it's said that they will gentle Loghain, this false dragon. Yeah. Look out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah uh, man, and then um, yeah, I, I did. I did have one other thing here. Just I want uh, quick, back to what Aladia uh, uh, Al- Al- says or Alida. Yeah, Alida. Mm-hmm. Alida. Sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Um, just because she also, uh, you know, she also kind of confirms a little bit about about Rand, right? She yeah. says, uh, "Surely he is too young to have earned a Heronmark blade. He cannot be any older than Gawain, but it it belongs with him." Uh, the queen looked and said, you know, how can that be? She says, I do not know, uh, Morghese. Uh, he is too young, yet still it belongs with him and he with it. Look at his eyes. Look how he stands, how the sword fits him and he it. He is too young, but the sword is his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the sword, yeah, yeah but the sword is his. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was. I that is that was good. That uh, is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty interesting. It could be part of the pattern. Okay. You know, right. Exactly. So, um, okay. So basically, uh, then they let Rand go. Uh, he's given kind of, uh, the, the right, uh, you know, as they're, as they're walking him out here, they're talking about, you know, some courtesies and, and all of this stuff. Um, 
you know, he's kind of talking in his mind, you know, I am Tam Althor's son, even if I wasn't born in two rivers, you know, I am Tam Althor's son. Uh, that's just something that's been going on and on and on. Um, and so then he uh, he does end up uh, leaving. So uh, old friends and new threat, a.k.a. Uh, you know, Avengers Assemble. Yeah, is, right. Is 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 uh is basically basically what this uh chapter is. So, uh, Rand ends up making his way back. You know, to the to the queen's the queen's blessing. Um, and he's uh having kind of a conversation with Master Gill, and then Master Gill says something. Um, yeah, y- y- you know, and uh, he's they're talking about like. Um, you know, Matt and all these things. And he says, well, hold on a second. I never mentioned Matt to Elaine. Uh, it can't be. Suddenly a huge smile lit up his face and he ran for the kitchens. Uh, Ram threw open the door to the kitchens and there they were. Moraine rested her serene eyes on him, unsurprised. Nynaeve and Egwene ran laughing to throw their arms around him with Perrin uh, crowding in behind them, all three patting his shoulders as if they had been convinced that he was really there. In the doorway leading uh, to the stable yard, Lan lounged with one boot up on the door frame, uh, dividing his attention between the kitchens and the yard outside. So, yeah, the band yep. is back together. They're back. They're back. Yeah. Yeah, a couple interesting. Yeah, in in the beginning of this chapter, it's pretty neat. Um, quick little nod here to the cats and the rats. Uh, somebody's trying to steal Master Gill's cats. Not a good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's it's important later. It's one of those that should should Sir Ezra pointed out. Yeah, I think I should. Um, and then and then as you say, yeah, he goes in here and um, well, really once after he meets them too. Let's just keep moving on. I mean, he starts to tell about going into the palace. No one freaking believes him. No one believes. Oh, him, I know. Right. I mean, yeah, you, you must be lying. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's like um, Master Gilly almost thinks you, you, you know, I almost believe that you aren't making fun. Like he almost believes it. And then loyal murmurs to Viren, to Viren. Like he's telling the story and everyone's sort of like the queen. You don't say uh, Gareth Bryn. What? You know, Lord Captain Commander mm-hmm. was there. How did you get out? Blood and ashes, Rand. Right. Uh, so mm-hmm. every, and he's like, he's like, you know, everyone thinks I'm lying today. Uh, so that, I thought that was kind of neat. Just that like, you know, crazy things happen to Rand, right? He's, he's in this thrust into this epic tale, this crazy right. story. Like guys, I'm not making this up. This really, this really did happen. Um, yeah. So that, that yeah. was kind of neat. Um, um, well right here, uh, you know, um, when they're, when they're, where they're all kind of catching up really quick, um, they, they, t- they talk about, well, Tom didn't make it. Uh, and then we'll get to Matt, but I, uh, you know, I, I do say you like the Matt's upstairs. Like he's not really feeling well. He's sick, uh, and so um, we we get back to him. Um, yeah, but then there's some stuff right here. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Moraine said she could find you and Matt, and she did. When we rode into the city, the rest of us couldn't stop staring. Well, all except Lan, of course. All the people, the buildings, everything. His thick curls swung as he shook his head in disbelief. It's all so big, and so many people. Some of them kept staring at us, too, shouting red or white like it made some kind of sense. Egwene touched Rand's sword, fingering the red wrappings. What does it mean? Nothing, he said. Nothing important. We're leaving for Tarvalon, remember? Wow. Mm-hmm. The red or white. It comes back. Yeah. Yep. As it, and I just noticed it. I just really paid attention to it just because you told yeah. me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 crazy. It's sort of uh, and I also think it's why he gets a Rand got a little favor with the queen, uh, is because mm-hmm. of the the wrappings on his sword, you know. Like all of that works in his favor. 
Um, and then, you know, I just mentioned the, the rats and the mice again. This is one of the first things that Moraine notices is, you know, you have several cats. You have a mouse problem or a rat problem, right? Like, like what is it? We have, we have mice or, or rats. And, and so he tells her rats and she's cued into something. So it, it sets off an mm -hmm. alarm in Moraine's mind. I just thought I had this weird thought of like, you know, in Harry Potter, you have Crookshanks, the cat jumping around all over the place. I'm just thinking, I want to go to the Queen's Blessing and see like four or five cats just walking around mm -hmm. like that little mm -hmm. detail that they could throw that in, you know, uh, as they're filming, it would just be really cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, and so then uh, we start talking about Matt, right? Uh, you know, Matt's not sick. Exactly. It's you'll see. He flung open the door to the room. He shared with Matt. Look who's here. Uh, Matt was still curled up in a ball in the bed. Just as Rand had left him. Uh, how do you know they're really who they look like? He said hoarsely. Uh, how do I know you're who you look like? Um, so mm -hmm. Matt's like gone. Yeah, he's kind of freaking out. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's like gone. And Eve kneels beside his bed and put a hand to his face, pushing up his head cloth. He jerked back from her with a scornful look. Uh, his eyes were bright and glazed. You're burning, she said, but you should not be sweating with this much fever. She could not keep um, worry out of her voice. Rand, you and Perrin fetch some clean cloths, as much cool water as you can carry. I'll bring uh, your temperature down. Um, you know, pretty naive, Matt spat. Uh, a wisdom isn't supposed to think of herself as a woman, is she? Not a pretty woman. But you do, don't you? Now, you can't make yourself forget that you're a pretty woman now, and it frightens you. It's like, whoa, dude, he's being kind of yeah. weird. Um, he says the same thing, pretty Egwene, all this stuff. Um, he's he's kind he's kind of he's kind of getting kind of weird. Mm -hmm. um, so then, uh, you, you know, again, it's all it's almost like you know I, I talked about it before, right? How you get like it's like that. I think about like when you watch police shows, right? And you got the police in there, and then the FBI comes in, like, ah, we're in charge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing that happens here. So Nynaeve is tending him. It seems a little bit beyond her thing. Right. Moraine walks. Moraine walks in, uh, and she like can tell like um, you know. She, she knows she knows what's going instantly. on instantly. Yeah, she's in mid conversation. In, instantly. Yeah. yeah. She says, you know, how did you come by this? Uh, I asked you if Mordeth had given you anything. I asked you and I warn you. And he s said that he had not. He didn't. Rain said uh, Matt took it from the treasure room. Moraine looked at him. Her eyes seemed to burn as much as Matt's. Uh, he almost stepped back before she turned away. Um, I didn't know until after we were separated. I didn't know. Uh, you did not know, Marat, uh, Marine studied Matt. He still lay with his knees pulled up to his chest, still snarled soundlessly at her, and his hand yet fought land to reach her with the dagger. Yeah, hey, so, right, let me, let me back up just a sec, yeah, yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. right here, you know, he stared back at her intently. He bared his teeth in silent snarling. Uh, Rick, as he pulled himself into an even tighter knot, um, and, 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 okay, so slowly she put one hand on him lightly, on a knee drawn up to his chest and a convulsion shook him at her touch. A shudder of revulsion spasmed through his entire body and abruptly he pulled one hand out, slashing at her face with the ruby-hilted dagger. One minute Lan yeah. was in the doorway, the next he was at the bedside as if he had not bothered um, with the intervening space and his hand caught Matt's wrist, stopping the slash as it had uh, struck stone. Still, Matt held held it in that tight ball only the um only the hand of the dagger tried to move straining against the warder's implacable grip matt's eyes never left moraine and they burned with hate so like dude i mean yeah. he, it's like he struck yeah, he was yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, kill yeah. Her, Thank, right thanks yeah. thanks for pointing that out yeah like whoa yeah, yeah exactly yeah i mean it's just yeah it it's just it's just it's just crazy mm -hmm. um 
it's it's uh so back to just uh where where I was there um you know uh she, you know she says you know it's a wonder you even got this far i felt the evil of it when i laid eyes on him the touch of uh, marshadar but a fade could sense it for miles even though he would not know exactly where he would know it was near and marshadar would draw his spirit while his bones remembered that this same evil swallowed an army Dreadlords, Fades, Trollocs, and all. Some dark friends could probably feel it too. Those who have truly given away their souls. There could not help uh, but be those who would wonder and at suddenly feeling this as if the very air around them itched. They would be compelled to seek it. It should have drawn them to uh, to it as a magnet draws iron filings. You know, they talk about whether well, there were dark friends and there were stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Okay. As we said, the dagger, obviously a bad idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, really, really bad. So it, okay. So it is, so I guess it's a, it's a kind of a combination of two of the things. Like I, I, I guess I, I initially thought it would give, it would be almost like a tracking device, right? Like, like you think about the coin mm-hmm. that Moraine gives them is that is, so that's kind of similar here. So like Mordith and, Pot- yeah. and obviously other dark friends and stuff would be able to kind of know where they're at, but then it also is kind of corrupting him. Yes. So it, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of, I thought it would be like maybe one or the other, but it was a combination. Right. Exactly. That power that is working on Matt and causing him to be more paranoid and, and to become less himself. And uh, it's, Really, it's his strong will. I mean, he himself being, um, you know, because Loyal had said not, not only that, that Rand was Taviran, but it sounded as if his friends were as well. Um, so the fact that he is Taviran and has this strong will is really what has kept him alive. I, I, anyone else would probably be consumed already and, and would have would have given in long ago. So Matt has the strength to sort of hold this off until Moraine gets here to intervene. And she does do a weaving that will kind of separate him from it. And, and will kind of help him, right? It kind of um, returns him back. She's going to spend some time in this room with him. But yeah, it was a tracking device. So it was, it was how those fades and dark friends were tracking him all along the way. They knew that this was an evil presence, even though they feared it. They fear the dagger and they fear the presence that it represents. They can they can find him. And there's someone else mm-hmm. who's tracking him too uh, that, that can sense this presence. So it's a lot. And then, yeah, it's so it's twofold. It's definitely a bad, bad move. So, yeah, absolutely. So uh, then they talk about how, um, you know, uh, a says, um, you know, they're talking about this is this is bad, like, right, because they can they can they can they can still kind of, uh, you know, like if they know where we're at and Egwene's like, well, we're in Caneland. They can't get to us as long as they can't. The warder cut her off. The fades are building their numbers in the countryside. That's plain enough from the sign. And if you know uh, if you know what to look for already, there are more Trollocs than they um uh, than they need just to watch all the ways out of the city. It doesn't fist at least. Um, so, you know, it's like, Hey, just remember, like, I know we're all back together, but uh, mm-hmm. we, we got it. We still got to We still got to press forward. Right. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, and, and, and the big thing is too, um, at one point during that chapter, they get kind of sick thinking about the fact that there are Trollocs outside of the city surrounding it. And Moraine sort of says, if we leave, they will leave. It's us. Mm-hmm. They're not here for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the presence of this dagger, Matt, you boys, this is what they're after. As you said, Lance said that the fades were building their numbers out there. Uh, and so they're worried that they, just the sight of all these people here being, you know, run through by Trollocs and stuff. It just seems awful uh, to them. So they have to kind of get out. 
Um, and then on into like, you know, the, the, the next chapter really. So we're kind of at mm-hmm. the end there. Moraine's going to heal. She's going to see to Matt and she sends the rest of them out of the room. Um, and he then, you know, Rand takes everyone down to meet loyal, right? Yeah. So we get to meet loyal again. We get to talk to him and, and, uh, that's a little abrupt, right? They have to kind of get used to seeing an ogier and it's, uh, you mm. know, um, and they exchange some of the news. They're talking about just various things that had kind of happened, um, mm-hmm. that the ogier had come across and, you know, Matt right. will and come then, down too. Yeah. Matt, then Matt and, 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 uh, Moraine come down and Matt looks a lot better, but Moraine says that she can't um, she can't sever the ties to the dagger because that, that has to be done in Tarvalin. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. So they know. Yeah, he has now. He's definitely tied to Moraine and, and Tarvalin. Like his path is set. He has to go there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was it was it was, was kind of crazy. Uh, and he feels like he, honestly he can't even remember a lot of it. Like he feels a little bit um, shooken up. Like he remembers. Whitebridge and, and Tom, but then after that it gets hazier. I don't really remember arriving in Camelin at all. He yeah, eyed it's, loyal. It's just, it's just, a, yeah. it's just, it's just a just blacked out. It's basically it's just just black. It's like a big haze. You can't remember any of it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. So, whew. um, he says you can't hold a man to blame for what he does when he's crazy, can you? You know. So that is sort yeah. of an old Matt saying, coming back to himself. Uh, you were always crazy, Perrin said. Uh, and it sounded sort of like the like old times, so they start to kind of you know joke with each other a little bit and stuff. And uh, Nynaeve's got tears in her eyes, and she's just glad that you know he's okay uh, and and we're all right. You know, all of them are thrust into this adventure and this journey. None of them knew no, you know, they don't know quite what's all at stake and uh, and the consequences of not telling Moraine that you took a dagger. You know, like mm-hmm. what? Yeah, really, it's not gonna be that big of a deal. So, uh, Yes, yeah, so he still has the dagger. He has to keep it with him, actually. It's important that it does stay with him. Um, mm-hmm. If he's separated from it, I think she even hints at that, that you know, it could, that, that he could lose his life. So it, we, yeah, until we can, kill him. yeah, until we could actually separate him from it, like he's, he's stuck with that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And so then uh, Moraine uh, is introduced to Loyal. Um, and uh, this is where Rand tells her that uh, he promised Loyal he could join him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the party's going to get a little bit bigger. Um, and Moraine is pretty much okay with it. And she, so just that Land's going to have to, Land's going to have to keep guard. And this is when, okay, well, even still, we got to get, they start talking about how we're going to leave, uh, you know, Camelin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. Yeah, Loyal saying that, you know, he's been kind of confused, you know, um, but that uh, he knows that the children hate Aes Sedai. Uh, they're going over whether they could go to Elida for help. Elida, Moraine cut in sharply, what has Elida Sedai to do with this? She was looking at Rand so hard uh, that he wanted to lean back. She wanted to throw me in prison, he said slowly. All I wanted was a look at Loghain, but she wouldn't believe I was in the palace gardens with Elaine and Gawain by chance. Uh, and they were all staring at him as if he had suddenly sprouted a third eye, except loyal. Queen Morgays let me go. Uh, she said there was no proof I meant any harm, and she was going to uphold the law no matter what Elida suspected. He shook his head, and the memory of Morgays and all of his ra- and all of her radiant, her all of her radiance, making him forget a minute that everyone was looking at him. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you imagine me, you know, meeting a queen? He says she's beautiful, like the queens in the stories. So is Elaine and Gawain. You'd like Gawain, Perrin. Perrin. Matt? They were staring at him. 
blood and ashes. I just climbed up on the wall for a look at the false dragon. I didn't do anything wrong, right? You know, so they're, right. they're kind of blown away. Like, what? Um, Wait, yeah, hold on a second. Yeah, you meet, you, yeah, you did all this. Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, Marine muttered something crossly. A queen, uh, parents said, shaking his head. You really have had adventures. Uh, yeah. And so then, uh, then, then, well, all we, all we met were some tinkers and some white cloaks. But to, to Rand and Matt, that probably would be, or, that probably would be adventure. So it's almost like, hey, like you know, we're all coming back together and look how far we've all mm-hmm. come since Edmonds Field. I mean, yeah. Now, now here's what's interesting. So like they're all kind of recounting what they had learned, and this is where you get like Robert Jordan kind of doing a when he talks about Tavirin, like yeah, if you want to be a farmer or you want to be like a blacksmith or whatever, you can choose. There's choice. There's uh, the pattern has room for these different choices, but there are certain events. Uh, especially concerning Tavirin, that are almost faded. You know, the wheel, uh, no matter which way you turn, they're going to guide you to this this path. So it's an intermixing of this, like, fate and free will, and it's uh, it's fascinating because I think of, like, Perrin telling the story about the Tuathon, like these these uh, traveling people, the Tinkers, and it brings up Loyal. You know, he kind of he remembers uh, something. He says, I've just remembered something, Aes Sedai, something I have always wanted to ask an Aes Sedai if I ever see one. And... Um, you know, she's like basically wanting him to make it brief uh, because he, you know, Ogier can just go on and on and on and talk forever, right? Uh, brief, he said, as he as he was wondering. Yes, well, brief. Uh, there was a man came to Steading Shangtai uh, a little time back. This was not a u- This was not unusual in itself at the time, since a great many refugees from uh, come to the spine of the world, fleeing what you humans call the Aiel War. Uh, Rand grinned a little time back, 20 years uh, near enough, right? Uh, he, he was at the point of death, uh, though there was no wound or mark on him. The elders thought it might be something Aes Sedai had done. Uh, Loyal gave Moraine an apologetic look, since as soon as he was within the steading, uh, he quickly got well. A few months, one night he, he left without a word to anyone. Simply, he snuck away when the moon was down. He looked at Moraine's face and cleared his throat again. Yes, brief. <laughs> Before he left, he told a curious tale, which he said he meant to carry to Tarvalin. He said the Dark One intended to blind the eye of the world and slay the great serpent, kill time itself. The elders said he was as sound in mind as in body, and that, and that was what he said. What I have wanted to ask is, can the Dark One do such a thing, kill time itself? And the eye of the world. Can he blind the eye of the great serpent? What does it mean? Rand expected almost anything from Moraine except what he saw. Instead of giving Loyal an answer or telling him she had no time for it now, she stood there staring right through the Ogier, frowning in thought. Wow. Um, and then Perrin says, that's what the Tinkers told us. Yes, Egwene said. The, the Aiel story. Moraine turned her head slowly. So you can picture this, right? So mm-hmm. she's trying to quickly move on from the Ogier. And then he said, well, if you don't mind, can I ask a quick? Yeah, keep it brief. Keep it brief. And he tells this story. And then uh, they, they hear the story of the Ogier and they say, well, we, the, the Tinker said the same thing. And she slowly turns her head. Uh, no other part of her moved. What story? She said. Um, it was an expressionless look she gave them, but it made Perrin take a deep breath. Uh, though when he spoke, he was deliberate as ever. Some tinkers crossing the waste, they said they could not, um, they said they could do that unharmed, found Aiel dying after a battle with Trollocs. Before the last Aiel died, she, they, 
were all women, apparently, told the tinkers that what Loyal just said, the dark one, they call him sight blinder, intended to blind the eye of the world. This was only three years ago, not 20. Does it mean something? Perhaps everything, Moraine said. And her face was still, uh, you know, she's staring at Rand. You know, it's like this. <laughs> it's just like, what? Yeah. And then yeah, it, it's all stuff, coming it's together. Get, it's get it's getting real. It's getting, it's getting real. real it, it's getting yeah. real. Like the it's it's a a, a the, the web, right? This web of destiny mm-hmm. is weaving itself, and you can see it. And what's kind of cool is you know like loyal talks about Tavir, and he's caught up in it, and he's like, holy, you know, like this ogre is like Jesus. Look at this. You know, he had a story to tell. Then Perrin does. They weren't mm-hmm. gonna. I mean, they they seem like minuscule things. You don't quite know the significance of it but then to have moraine there and to see it catch her attention and then this is what she calls the pattern she sees the weaving um this web of destiny uh that's that's yeah that they're all kind of caught up in it's it's amazing um Mm -hmm. man well and then they go on to tell her about their dreams right right um because they had they had hidden that from her because they didn't know whether they could trust her and it seemed pretty crazy is she gonna you know, is this going to be some red Aja situation where you guys think we're nuts? You know, she had hinted at earlier, um, or I'm sorry, Lan had hinted at in the chapter with Elias that when Elias left as a warder, that the red Aja were very interested in his leaving, you know, and his in his yellow eyes and wondering, you know, quite a bit about him. So, like, it's yeah. just the eyes yeah. that eye you got to be careful and, with. Yeah. Well, and now it, it, it's. We're gonna, we'll have to do an extended edition where we talk about like the differences between all of this stuff because you've explained it to me before, mm-hmm. um, like kind of the difference between, like okay, well there's the there's the power right, Shadar and and mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, oh god, how am I blank? I'm blanking on the oh, other the other side, Sidine and Sidar, yeah, Sidine, Sidine and Shadar, right? Yeah. So that's like you got the one power. Well, then Tavirin is also its own thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so it's like it's, okay, and so it's like so they're they're different mm-hmm. in in their own thing, but they're both pretty powerful, obviously pretty powerful things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's it's like they they're still all flowing from the turning of the wheel, you know, and the, and then mm-hmm. and the pattern itself. Um, like it's it's the truce, it's the it's the power that is t- that turns the wheel, and then the wheel itself through that is weaving out, you know, Taviran, uh, from time to time. Not very many, you know. These are these like pillars. Uh, these great mm-hmm. moments in time where um, certain things need to happen to make a correction or to whatever, and yeah, Tavirin are st- that passage you read about with with, with loyal uh, is really interesting, and it's just to note the influence that Tavirin have on other people and their own threads. You know, the threads are people, and so it's like to see them interact with each other, and every interaction creates paints this picture. Um, and then to have all of them working sort of on their own, doing their own thing, having their own free will to do whatever. And then you've got Taviran weaving in there that will pull those threads tighter and wind them closer together and send people on a certain course or a direction. Uh, it's it's just different, you know. It's, it is, yeah. yeah. We'll have to do a, a whole kind of deep discussion. Maybe we'll bring Nick on and, and, uh, and really talk about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, where to next? Um, well, I mean, well, uh, quite a bit left actually. Really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, like, like to kind of get through um, the rest of this chapter here. Um, 
let me let me see here. So yeah, they asked their question. Um, yeah, the, the parent is the one who says he thinks it's time to tell them about about their dreams. Um, she's displeased that the boys didn't bring this up sooner, but I think she also kind of knows. Mm-hmm. You know, Tom's influence has been there to kind of say they're not going to talk about Baalzaman and their freaking dreams, right? Uh, dreaming right. about the dark one. So she explains to the boys how they can keep Baalzaman from hurting them in their dreams mm-hmm. by denying him. I deny you, right? You know, I deny the dark one. Um, yeah, and then so Perrin re- replies that he has already found his protection. Uh, so after hearing yeah. the, the conversation about the dreams, Loyal concludes that all three boys are Tavira. Are now Tavira. he knows. Now he knows. Yeah, so, yeah. so, yeah, so they are, Maureen said. Mm-hmm. Three of them, when I expected one. Mm-hmm. A great many things have happened that I did not expect. The news concerning the eye of the world changes much, she paused. Uh, for a time, the pattern does seem to be swirling around all three of you, just as Loyal says, and the swirl will grow greater before it becomes less. Sometimes being Tavirin means the pattern is forced to bend to you, and sometimes it means the pattern forces you uh, to the needed path. The web can still be woven many ways, and some of those designs would be disastrous for you for the world. Yeah, we cannot remain in Camelin. <laughs> so then so then then we get to all right, we need to get we need to get we need to leave. But how are we gonna go? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes. And the Ogier knows um well uh, uh, like here maybe we should take this way. A way gate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um this is where and so uh you know that they're they're talking about it, they're they're going to use a way gate. Do you know the ways, Loyal? I do. Um, I've never heard of Faldara. Loyal said, sounding relieved. In the days of the Trolloc Wars, it was known as the Mafal Dadarnel. You know, and so they're they're talking about this this way that they they can leave, right? You know. Oh, whether it is the crater of fate or even the dark one, the pattern has chosen our path for us. No, Loyal says, an emphatic rumble like thunder. Everyone turned to look behind him, mm-hmm. uh, and he blinked under the attention, but there was nothing hesitant about the words. If we enter the ways, we will all die or be swallowed by the shadow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. And so he's talking about this evil presence that is in the ways. And so first, let's just talk about the way gate. Uh, it's kind of what they go into a little bit in this next chapter. They talk about the ways and how they were created. Um, they're created using the power and, and they basically are outside of um, uh, time, really. And and like they're they're different. They're um, like you, you could travel, you know, 100 miles in, in, in an hour. Uh, like mm-hmm. these gates can kind of um, it's it's a way to travel across vast distances and stuff. And and so really Moraine has decided based upon what she's heard from the Aiel and what she's heard from the Tinkers and Loyal, whatever, this man who can, like she's realizing we need to re- go warn the green man at the eye of the world, which was, if, I love how Robert Jordan just throws this in there. Like and then mm-hmm. the, all, all of the characters go, who's that? What's this? You know, what's this new thing? Uh, like the ways are also this like what what are these things called you know and so you as a reader are kind of like um, well, I'm uh, I'm not I guess I got to keep going <laughs> yeah yeah like what this sounds cool you know um so they they, they kind of talk more about just the gift of the ways and how uh, this was given to them uh, by by basically loyal tells them that during the time of madness that that men who were seeking shelter from the the power right 
from from, from the one mm-hmm. power. They they were they were going mad and they would enter a steading. And while there, uh, since the ogier would protect them and let them live out their life, it was almost as if they did less destruction. Like they could wait to the end of their life, and when they felt the calling again, uh, they would go into the world, and the madness would strike, and they would they would they would be um, killed, or you know something would happen to. This is back way long time ago during the madness after the boar and and loose Theron and the hundred companions had had struck at the dark one, but he had struck back his counterstroke, you know, sending men who could channel into he had tainted their their source, and um, had, had driven them mad. Well. They find refuge in these steadings, and they help them create the way gates. Um, and the ways were that they were placed outside of the ogier built cities. And uh, during the War of the Hundred Years, however, the ways started to get corrupted. They grew dark. Uh, people were disappearing, or they came out mad. Um, the elders concluded that it was no longer safe to travel the ways, and they forbid its use. Um, so can't be done but Moraine knows all of this and still wants to travel there uh so yeah it's it's definitely a dangerous place and something that they have to kind of um you know she thinks they have to use loyal saying no we can't uh but she knows he could guide them through the ways so they could go themselves but loyal has agreed to go with these Taviran and she thinks that you know we need him to help guide us through you know, he could read some of the uh, markings or 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 the the the, the signs uh, in the ways. So we learn more yeah. about them later, and and you you'll get more, especially in the second book, about what you can do with them, where they go to. Um, they're connected. These gates. So you have a way gate that's connected. It'll there. You go into the ways, and there are many paths. You know, um, you go across a, a bridge here. You could hang. You come across um, one bridge, and then you get to a place where you can either go right, left, or forward. And each of those will take you to a different like city, you know, I mean, you could, you could be, um, traveling, you know, again, for just a couple of days and you could travel across the continent. So does that make yeah. some sense? Yeah. 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 It's, they're kind of, it's kind of gates, right. But it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like, um, I don't know, hyperspace lanes. Right. And, and yeah. like, and like, and yeah. think about star Wars, right. Like, like just those, those hyperspace lanes, like you can't just. You can't just jump wherever you want. Like there's specific, like you know, lanes you can take. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so there's there's a wind. There's a dark shadow in the ways that they th- they talk about one of the ogier who came out and who he had gone mad and he seemed all but like his mind was gone. Um, and he was attacked and and uh, it's that that scares loyal. Uh, he doesn't want to come across this darkness. Now, there's so there's a risk. It's not like you go in there and it's an automatic given that you're going to be attacked. You could make it, but fewer and fewer people were getting to their destination unharmed, unmolested, you know? So it was, it's sort of like, um, yeah, not safe to travel. But so they end up, um, I don't know exactly where it is in the chapter, but they end up convincing him to kind of, you know, go along with this and that this is the only mm-hmm. way they needed haste. They had to get to Valdara and then from there into the blight to find. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I need, yeah. And I need, um, you know, ask Moraine, you know, like what, why do we want to go on this, this way? It's, it's, you know, it's, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous path to take, um, from what they're, you know, what, you, what they're describing. And she says there, we've run out of options, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much. I mean, you know, yeah. if we give up, if we give up, we're handing the world over to the dark one. 
Um, staying in Camelin means pretty much certain death. And if we leave, the, you know, we got to we got to get out of here. So they all kind of reluctantly agree to, to try the ways because it seems like the only other the only other option. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And, you know, Moraine does sort of give like she tells sort of the boys that they must go. Nynaeve and Egwene have a choice. Um but, you know, they may not be Taviran, but they are strong, very powerful. And she's known since Berylon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And she's like, no doubt, you know, the Fades also know and Balsamon. So, you know, um, it would, I think she kind of believes they all should stay together. Right. Yeah. And and, yeah, and, and honestly, not Nynaeve and Egwene are not going to stay behind at all. Right. That's not right. Gonna yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay. So then, um, in the, what is it, chapter forty three? Really, what ends up ha- uh, ends up happening? So they they're they're gonna they decide they're gonna go in the ways, um, and then they're just kind of like planning out the rest of their trip, um, and then uh, they all go to bed, right, to get ready for to get ready for this, and then that's when Rand falls asleep, and he knows he's in another dream. Mm-hmm. Um, he sees Balsamon again, um, and he sees three figures. Yes. Uh, a wolf, um, a dagger, and a sword. Uh, so w- one with a wolf at his feet, one with a dagger, and one with a sword. Um, then you got Balsamon there um, trying to tempt him to kneel to mm-hmm. him by offering him the pow- power beyond imagination um, and threatens him with eternal pain if he refuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Balsamon tells him that this battle is a battle as old as time itself and it has uh, he has no no chance of winning it um so then he kind of remembers moraine's advice and Rand tries to deny him uh Bosman is not impressed and continues pressing rand panicking rand destroys the little figures and feels something stab at his hand as uh as he does and Rand uh you know desperately tries to wake up and when he does he notices that matt wakes up at the exact same time uh then they, they they kind of tell each other that they, they had the same dream and um Rand's uh starts to look at his hand right and that and, mm-hmm. and he notices that he has like a there's like a splinter in it uh, and as soon as he removes it there that's when Marine comes in and she's like it's time to go yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's time to go yeah it's time, it's, we gotta go yeah <laughs> let's go well and, and what's interesting too so a couple of connections to these batch of chapters um back when they were in the garden and they were walking through um, the presence of the shadow and the effect that it's had on the crops and the weather and stuff, you know, Rand notices that the garden is green and it's lush and, and uh, uh, you know, things are blooming and, and growing. And um, Elaine says to him that it's Elida, Sedai, who it's her presence that has caused that. Well, Moraine says that basically, you know, just like Land can kind of sense shadow spawn, she can, she can ward them off, essentially. And that being near her can help shield them from these dreams normal people i would say but they're still being affected by these dreams and so then yet yeah, denying him is important um but one thing that's it's interesting that that balsamon does here is he ta- he mentions the black aja in that dream he talks about how he has a grip on the Aes Sedai and that the Aes Sedai only are you know that rand will just be a puppet for them and that this has happened time and time again you know and so he's really even planting the seed of doubt in those who you are trusting. You're trusting these Aes Sedai. Look, look what they did to Low Gain. Look what they're going to do to these other people who came before him. You're just one of them. But to me, you know, join me, and and you know, together we can rule uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah, continent. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, 
but yeah, this battle's old, oldest time, and yeah, as you said, it's time to go, time to get out of there. So the last chapter we really have here is that um, before sunrise, they're leaving. They they have to talk to Master Gill, um, and they're headed out. And he's basically saying, you're going to look suspicious. Look, the White Cloaks are out there. They oppose the Queen. Uh, they're still watching the Queen's blessing. And, um, you know, they're, there's a back and forth as they're gathering their stuff between Matt and Perrin and Rand about the differences that they're all experiencing. Um, you know, just the Perrin's eyes and how he can see in the dark now. And it's like, wait, what? You know. Um, Loyal can sense the way gate and he's the one who's going to guide them through Camelin, uh, essentially. So just before sunrise, they arrive at a building under which Loyal says the way gate is using the one power. Moraine breaks into the cellar. They find the way gate. Uh, Loyal is visibly upset, um, by what happened to the grove that used to be there. And uh, remember, he's he, earlier he was talking about just how they're, they've torn the groves down. They've built over top of them. They've disrespected uh, these old ancient groves. And that Tarvalin yeah. was about the only place that really kept them up. So, um, yeah, they, she opened more rain, um, picks off a leaf, a very particular leaf, and moves it around and opens the way gate. And the company then enter. Um, this is all sort of a bit, uh, it's dark. It's like the... Um, as they're coming through, it's it's sort of this uh, sheen, this glimmering um, sort of, uh, gosh, it's translucent, but yet it's it's weird, the, like the way it's described. Like as they come through, they can look back and they can see each other. Time was different. Speed and different things were different. You didn't want to rush into a way gate. You wanted to enter it slowly. Uh, and it made you think that every step you took inside of a way gate was magnified. Right. To, to an extreme degree, or like how fast you moved and everything is, is just different. So they're like cautiously going into this uh, way gate. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Loyal leads him across uh, several bridges. Um, he realizes that that some of these uh, bridges are damaged and they have to take a different way. Um, yeah. So it's just it's really interesting. Like they they that, that part, I, I feel like that's where it kind of slows down a little bit. Uh, it's creepy. It's weird. Um they're they're looking for this shadow darkness, this wind, this machin this machin shin like wind that's gonna come and maybe attack them or whatever. And Loyal keeps warning them about it and and stuff, but he's reading and guiding them uh, to each little island. So they'll cross a bridge, land on this island, and they would look up and down and around, and it just seemed like there was nothing. Like they were outside, they were in a void, but yet there was this these ways were crafted into them. It's very hard to describe, and I can't wait to see how the show sort of does this and illustrates it it's going to be really interesting but yeah i i have a feeling this will that'll all be like one episode like you know what i mean like i, I can see how they could i can see how in, they can lump like you know there's a couple of these in the in this segment i can almost see oh i can see how they can lump this into one episode i can see how they can lump this into one episode yeah. um yeah yeah um so really at, at the end of this um you know they've got their horses in there um there's a silence that was, that was broken by a startling grunt from Loyal. Rand uh, stood in his stirrups to peer past the Ogier uh, and swallowed hard at what he saw. They were in the middle of a bridge, but only a few feet ahead of Loyal, the bridge ended in a, in a jagged gap. And so we're stuck. We're kind of at a point yeah. where we have to turn back, and he has to decide what to do, which way do we go. Everything was going well, and they were unharassed, but yet, what do we do? So that's sort of where we leave them. And uh, I think 
Next time we're gonna finish this out, my friend. Next time we're next time we're finishing the book, man. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Next time we will be doing so that was chapter forty four. So next time we will be doing chapters forty five to fifty three. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, so. and we're gonna talk in the extended edition, but I mean, mm-hmm. pretty cool, right? This is pretty cool. Absolutely. Stuff. This yeah. Was, yeah, this and this was a great segment because so much stuff happened. Like it's still it, where we're at now. Again, what I was when I was saying earlier, I was like thinking about where when we get to the end, right? We're going through the way gates, and it's like okay, now we're in this total different um, thing. It's like crazy to think that oh yeah, we like just got to Camelin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. la- last time we were like oh, like right. Camelin. We've been trying to get to Camelin for so much, and now we're now we're. It's like now it's like oh yeah, Camelin. Yeah, forget that. All right, now we're on. To, now we're on to something yeah, else. Uh, yeah, now yeah. we're on to something way bigger. Yeah, I mean, so it is getting real in here, and we're gonna end. We're gonna finish the book next time. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's definitely that's that's definitely crazy. So um, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I guess we're on to my predictions. How's yeah. how do, how does this book end well you know I, I, fortunately i do have the the foresight of knowing that there's uh you know 13 or 14 more books to come. <laughs> yeah so i do <laughs> so it's not like they all die or something um yeah i i honestly i i don't really know i i don't <laughs> i don't i it's because it's it's so like we're now we're in this way gate i mean obviously we're going to get through the way gate um where okay. does that take us does it it, it It'll, I mean, it would, we may not even get to Tarvalon. Okay. We 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 may not. We may we may not. I mean, I think there's going to be uh, there's probably going to be a battle of some sorts. I don't think that um, it's going to be like some huge epic show. It's not like we're not like fighting Balsamon or you know anything. Yeah. I mean, okay. Like, okay. It's, you know, what I mean, I mean, it's not. It's not like it's not like oh, that's the end because yeah, know, the dark one's coming here at the first book. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. 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 But will we fight? Um, some sort of you know lower level, you know, you know, it's like in the yeah. first Harry Potter book, like he does, he doesn't, he doesn't fight Voldemort, right? Right. I mean, right. yeah, fights like an aspect of him, but yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah. it could be some, it could be something similar to that, yeah. Have you have you been impressed by like because this last section, I think, will really show it to you in that like, okay, we we go to this place, Camelot, where we think we're going to be blown away. We're introduced to the queen, her daughter, mm-hmm. um, his like her, her brother, her half-brother, yeah, another Aes Sedai, loyal. Yeah, I, I mean, every, t- every time, man, that is definitely something interesting about Robert Jordan's writing style is you think, oh, you just get to the city. Okay, it's a cool city. We'll meet some, you know, meet some interesting people. No, you meet like the head honchos yeah. of these places. And it's, I mean, every time, every time you meet somebody, it's not just... It seems like they're big deals. Like every yeah. time, everything's yeah. a big deal. Yeah, everything's a big deal, and it's 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 crazy. And then like like as you say, like we're just gonna. He has he, he very much can will just shove you sort of into the situation where like like you feel like Rand. You're like like as they were learning about the ways, so were we. You know, his characters, so we're growing with them, and that it's it's such a cool way to do it. You can hear them sort of ask the questions. What is that? What is this? Why should we go? This Ogier saying we shouldn't go. Moraine saying we should. Um, we don't know what this thing is. This is all legend turned, you know, uh, mm-hmm. into real life now. And so it's it's very interesting how much he trusts the readers just to accept this. And yes, this is the way it is. Like, yeah. Like these these Ogier did this and they did that and moving on. And he is, I can see it anyways, like the little kind of, um, he's he's weaving in future uh, groups of people with like the reference to the seafaring people in that book that Tam uh, wanted to read and then he referenced you know the Aiel 
Um, he, he's, he's referenced Kyrian and Tyr and Ilion and these different places. And when earlier, when Tom Marilyn was telling stories about the hunt for the horn, uh, the great hunt, you know, and the horn of Valir and the heroes of the horn, he would tell about them. Like it's in all of that, you know, those are little tiny nods that he's making to this world is huge yeah. and there is much to it and, and get ready. So yeah, it's just cool. Really cool. Yeah. So. Okay. Awesome. All right, man. Well, uh, guys, yeah. uh, I hope you guys come back next week or not next week, but uh, on the 15th yeah. as we're going to we're going to finish this. Uh, be sure to check us out over on Twitter at the Horn of Valier. You can send us any messages there. We do have a Facebook page um, and real quick plug here um, as we're going to kind of plug in our social medias. If you want to follow me uh, on social media, you can do that at Super Gains Bros on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can follow as at Womprat underscore two M. A little star, a little Star Wars reference there, because yep. um, we are constantly tweeting about all this kind of stuff, and we started doing yeah. some live hangouts. We did one over on our uh, Bend the Knee um, Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Um, I, I I do kind of do live hangouts Thursdays on Twitch. Uh, I have a link on my Twitter uh, for that, and you guys can certainly come. I mean, as is, as is, as is usually in there too, and we're just we're yeah. just playing some games. But you guys can come on over and ask talk ask us anything about wheel of time, game of whatever, anything. Yeah, you yeah, want, you can, yeah. You can. You, we're I, we're glad to talk wheel of time. Please, please, no spoilers. But I mean, you know, maybe I can just not. I can just focus on the game, and as can handle handle some of the yeah. Twitch chat. I, I, we had a great hangout this past uh, Thursday, and I think we're going to move that to maybe Tuesdays and Wednesdays, where we kind of mm-hmm. do just a, a nice, fun Facebook hangout, and and we'll we'll move it around to different groups. But for now, it's been in our Ben the Knee uh, Game of Thrones group, and a lot of people actually listen to that podcast as well, and they read that series, and they ask us questions about Wheel of Time anyway. So if you're right. one of those people, thank you, and if you're interested in that, then definitely come on over and and do that um we, we've got a lot going on there and uh we, we've hey we've upgraded our youtube over there as well so you can go check us out we do like those hangouts are us on mm-hmm. video in our little kind of um mm-hmm. you know air quote studios i guess if you mm-hmm. will and it's, yeah it's fun. We, yeah we could actually you know that would be a, a decent place for us to do it here um would be we could we do have a youtube channel for heroes of the horn we have not incorporated full video on that yet Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be coming at some point down the line, but we could just do hangouts. Yeah, we could we could do we could do a we could do a YouTube live hangout, I believe. So uh, yeah, that'd gotta, be cool. Yeah, just gotta do some do some setup and stuff like that. But yeah, so that's certainly something that could be coming down. But right now, the best way to hit us up um, is through Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash the Horn of Valir, which is where we're about to go record an extended edition where we're gonna go back talk a little bit about the rescue. Uh, and probably more some stuff about Tavirin. I, I There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot. There's there's still a lot more discussion to have about this segment. But as I'm looking at my timer, we're at about two hours and ten yeah. minutes. These episodes just get longer and longer. It's great. I know. It's great. Actually, it's it's great. It's fun, and it's just a lot to cover, and it's cool to kind of nerd out over them. So, but yeah, thanks everybody for the, all the support. And again, we are blown away by the support over there on Patreon. We got some stuff coming out. Uh, in March for folks who have been supporting us. So, you know, first two months getting this thing going, we've we've uh, mm-hmm. been blown away by the support there. Uh, shout out to a few people. Um, Nicole Sadai of the White Aja just recently joined. And then Artaviran, uh, this episode, you know, uh, Lady Stephanie, uh, well, that was pretty, this, this episode was sponsored by her. And, and she actually sent us a, a message just saying that she wanted to uh, say that so far, she's really enjoyed the podcast currently on 
uh, her who knows how many times uh, reread of the series. Uh, and the first time through perspective is interesting. And I will do my best to never be a dark friend and to <laughs> always pull the pattern in a positive direction. Awesome. Can't wait for the next installment until then. May peace favor your sword. Yeah, guys. So, all right. Well, we want to thank you for answering the call in our next episode. We will be discussing the Eye of the Worlds, uh, Eye of the World chapters forty-five through fifty-three, which is to the end of the book. Uh, and in our extended edition on Patreon, we're going to be covering uh, some more of that, um, uh, the the rescue, Egwene, yeah. Perrin, and uh, Perrin's eyes, and, mm-hmm. and a lot about the a lot about wolves. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a message at thehornofvalier at gmail.com. We will see you on March 15th. And remember, the grave is no bar to our call. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.